0: Hello. Hello. All right. Uh, Thank you for joining us. We are the master last year podcasters uh, here doing another edition of Movie Reviews, and this is another best-of list. Uh, We've got DMM, Dirty Mouth Morgan, here on the other line, and I am Jesus. We're going to go over our top. We've got about 30 movies each We're going to go over, obviously, we're going to duplicate some movies from the 1980s, the best of horror list. If you listened to our best of 1970s list, hope you liked it. Uh, Please send us comments to our email address, www.masterblasterpodcasters at gmail.com. We're all over the place as far as our podcasts. Uh, And on YouTube, please make comments. If you can, uh, uh, check us out. Maybe give us a like. Uh, Whatever you want to do. The big thing is just to check us out. We hope you like what you hear. Um, So, DMM. Let's start with um, our top 30 of the 1980s. Before we get into the list, we're going to try to be very succinct here because we've got a lot of movies. We want the talk of the movies to be the main part of the episode. Um, What do you think of when you think of 1980s movies? Miles.
1: I as far as horror goes, love it. I think uh it's one of the it's it's uh you could say it's one of the heydays for horror movies. Love
0: it. Yeah, without a doubt. And it seems like the nineteen seventies kind of set up um with so many hits that were horror movies on the nineteen seventies, to kind of set up the nineteen eighties for mass production. Um we had a lot of sort of smaller horror movies in the 1970s: uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Halloween. Uh, both of those movies were on our best of lists. Uh, both of those were very small productions; uh, they cost very few. Uh, I think Chainsaw Massacre was maybe under 100,000, and Halloween was maybe three to four hundred thousand. And both were huge hits. So it set up a process. In the 1980s, people obviously were making a lot of horror movies for cheap and making quite a bit of money off them so the slasher genre which was probably introduced on a mass scale by halloween 1978 really is something that went into the 1980s as a massive genre in in this film style so let's get right into it um Start right there. So, DM, if you could start with, uh, you said you have 30 or right around
1: 30. I got 35.
0: Wow. Okay. So. How about this? Let's go with uh, five of yours. Okay. Before we get into my, mine is 30. And what I'll do is if one of yours is not on my list, right. I'll make a brief comment about it. Otherwise, I'll do like I did before. I'll be like, uh, okay, what's your next? what's your next movie which is, will be an indicator that yours will be whatever you said will be on my list we'll let's do the show like that where uh if what you say or what i say if we if we say a movie that's on each other's list we'll just moving on to the next movie obviously we'll be commenting on will be on each of our list we don't need to do that twice so we'll do it once
1: does that make sense yes
0: so okay start off with number 35 oh okay and let's
1: start going man all right uh let's see uh phantasm two um I think it's a great sequel, and uh, uh I don't know if it's just a continuation of of a great writing style, and uh it's still you know. You see the tall man, or you know, and it's uh, still scary. And they didn't lose the essence of that of that movie, the first one.
0: Echo, right away you hit on one that I got on my list. So Great, we through, uh, number thirty-four on your list.
1: Okay, Maniac Cop. Okay, it's a good I don't movie. Have it on
0: mine, but I don't that was a kind of a hit.
1: I, I just like it. I thought I I thought it's pretty it's pretty good and it, it's it's kind of funny in a way, but then it's it's interesting because um it, it's uh it's like the it's it's a unique style of horror uh where a guy, you know, he just loses his shit and uh he starts murdering people using his his uniform and in uh, power.
0: Yeah, it's Evil cop movies, I think, became more of a staple after that movie. Uh, most of them, of course, had the cops being the heroes up until then with the with a few uh, sept, uh, exceptions. So,
1: right.
0: Yeah, good, excellent. So that's number 34. What do you got for number 33?
1: Uh, let's see. Rawhead Rex.
0: Okay, hey, okay. Clyde Barker. Yes. I believe that was his first one to be made into a movie, I believe. I believe. Okay, um, have anything else to say about uh, Rawhead Rex? I remember the, um, the priest being a big, uh, what, antagonist, I believe, in this movie. Yeah. As to why Rawhead Rex was created. Um.
1: I, I liked it because, uh, I mean, it was just, uh something about it appealed to me it just it was it was scary but it was it was kind of unique compared to at the time compared to other horror movies and uh it was you know I was right when i started to really uh get into them so i'd say it's a good movie just you know
0: yeah uh, and for anybody that's a Clive Barker fan uh his books the books of blood, I believe, in the 1980s were so huge, and it was uh, basically the biggest thing in horror since Stephen King's writings
2: Right,
0: a decade earlier, and Stephen King called him the future of horror. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, Clive Barker, that was, I believe, his first movie, he did not like Rawhead Rex very much. He said it was cheap, and the monster was cheap-looking and not very real. Oh, wow. but I still thought it was pretty, that i have just seen this within the last year. Again,
2: yeah, me and too. I still
0: thought it was very good. Yeah, so his standards are pretty high. So right. Um, okay, what do you got for number
1: thirty-two? Uh, let's see here. Uh, Twilight Zone, the movie.
0: Oh, excellent! All right, all right. That's the that is a fun one.
1: It's it's great, um, great writing. It's not all horror, but um, it's got a good mix of horror with thr- you know thriller political uh you know it's just a it's it's great uh I mean because Twilight Zone was a great show uh and it was you know it's 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 uh it continues in the vein of uh Rod Sterling uh that guy was like a he he's a he's a genius um and he uh it, he he got inspired for the show I found out originally um when he watched the news footage of Emmett Till getting murdered um, because the mother like, you know, showed the cast or the, you know, showed his body to show people what they did. And he took that and great, you know, and moved with it. So the movie later on, it came out in the eighties. So it's like, it continued that, that uh, that's still that um, the sharpness and, and, and uh and, and still was like intelligent but yet scary and uh it also had controversy because yeah. um the because there's a scene uh with the vietnam with the, the racist guy who you know travels through different periods as a victim and they in that scene there was a chopper that like had killed some people and there was a big court court case and all that and so yeah it's a good movie
0: yeah, yeah, I still remember uh, the the. There were some critical uh, some critics that didn't like it because of their selection of episodes. Of all the episodes they could have selected, uh,
2: whatever.
0: Um, the, the the star that that last the last episode I think was really bad. Yeah, I think was the old people in the oh, Kick
2: the, the can something
0: like that. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was if, if you're looking to make a thriller, that's about the last episode I would have selected. But um, Nightmare at Twenty Thousand Feet is Probably the most one of the most popular Twilight Zone episodes, of course, the TV show. Yes. Uh, it was written by the guy who wrote I Am Legend. I believe that's Richard Matheson, who is oh. kind of a legend. Nice. Um, who wrote some of those episodes for Twilight Zone and Night Gallery. He did work with Rod Sterling. Um, and, of course, on the TV show, uh, William Shatner played yep. the guy on the plane. And in the movie, John Lithgow, another very good... Uh, <laughs> if you consider... I was gonna say another very good actor. If you consider Shatner a good actor, I I happen to like him, but um excellent. Um that that was that was really fantastic. I've always loved that episode. Uh well done in the movie and loved uh Dan Aykroyd as the hitchhiker. Uh in the beginning and the end of the movie. You wanna see something really great? Right,
1: classic and it um, and it was like uh I, I I thought the movie was good. The cast I thought was great cuz i you know i I I didn't know who all the people were at the time but then i looked back and i watched it and i was like holy shit there's like there's like great cast in every episode of the movie it's just like uh you know just just amazing uh i like personally i like the kick the can episode i kind of got it um i like scatman crothers i'm sure People could criticize him for you know the different roles, but nah, he's
2: great. I love yeah.
1: Skybank Brothers. Um he's great, you know, he's he's a horror guy. Um all of them, man. I just uh uh just a great, great cast. Good stories. Yeah. Okay, so
0: uh good ones. We got number is it thirty one that you got the
1: Um Children of the Corn.
0: Children of the Corn, Stephen King Book.
1: Yeah, but his movies were, like, he was on a, like, he had so many hits, and he didn't like a lot of the films made, you know, adapted from the stories, but if you don't know that, like, he, the movies are all great, like, you know, uh, he just has, like, a string of hits, as far as, like, for horror, because this shit's different, you know?
0: Yeah, there was a ton of them in the early to mid-1980s, I would say, especially, Mm Mhm. Um, I remember. Actually, to be honest with you, I remember the book "Children of the Corn" more. It's a it's a kind of a short read. It's a fast read. Mm-hmm. Uh, very good. I remember some monster out in the corn, basically, and this kids kind of leading. At least in the book, it was uh, some people on a road trip where these kids led them into deeper into the cornfields.
2: Right.
0: And there was a some kind of beast out there mm-hmm. that kept kept people. Which actually that's. That's a common theme, Stephen Stephen King books where you go somewhere and there's something there that leads you into somewhere and then it keeps you. Um, so that's yeah a very good, uh, uh, very good book and uh, well, I haven't seen. I remember I wasn't Isaac the main character's name was Isaac little, uh, yeah Pennsylvania Dutch kid right.
1: fuck <laughs> that this is the thing for me. It was like it it was kind of scary like uh movies with that theme where like you know kids take over and or you know like uh, yeah it's like cuz there was a couple other movies low budget uh that were of that theme and and it it, it kind of scared me it scared me the you know the not knowing what the beasts looked like and this and that and all that you know build up but it just it actually like it it actually annoyed the shit out of me too cuz it's just like it's like the omen where You're like, it's a fucking kid, man. Just, just kill him. Like, just get rid of him. He's odd. He's a fucking punk. He's manipulative. Uh, It's, it's like, he's, he's basically talking about, you know, religion and Christianity, especially like there's all these little factors you notice. Um, And then the, the innocent, like couple driving through and um, the guy, the red Malachi, that guy's a great actor. Uh, he's in a bunch of fucking movies. I just saw him in another movie. He's still alive. Uh but yeah, it's just uh it's a great movie cuz it's like it's it's scary but it's fucking annoying at the same time cuz even as a kid I was like this is bullshit, man. I would fucking kill him. You right, know, I so, said it just to
0: be over. So right. you know, one statement that I'd like to make that I I've, I've thought maybe over the last 5 to 10 years <clears throat> uh I really think that Stephen King if you talk about art forms whether it's uh, writing books or doing movies, um, musicians and bands and artists and, you know, I don't know, maybe you can throw sports in there if you really want to, TV. But if you're talking about the arts, uh, painting, all, any, whatever, anything you consider the arts, I actually think that Stephen King, I would consider him probably America's greatest living artist
1: at this point. interesting so We
0: talk about, um, maybe people would say Paul McCartney or something like that
1: for... Yeah.
0: For English because he's part of the Beatles, but he's not a lot scary carry back in 1974. I think that uh, Stephen King, since then, has sold a half a billion books. I mean, he's up there with, like, Shakespeare and hands. Yeah. So, I mean, that's is, that's really quite impressive, um, especially when you take into the fact that he did uh, Shawshank Redemption and The Green Mile and some other some, things that are not horror. So,
1: but he's that great where he could write a he can he can take a break and write, you know, some heartfelt, intelligent movies, you know, uh, of the human condition or, you know, it just, uh, it's just it's he, just he's great. Like Shawshank Redemption is great. Um, I love the theme of it. And then the Green Mile, I just I I actually teared up and I cried like 'cause because I I watched it for the first time and, and uh, I hadn't really seen it before. And then I finally watched it, and I was just blown away. But anyway, yeah.
0: Love it. Yeah, it's almost as good as Shawshank, in my opinion. So, um, all right, let's go on to number 30. Now we'll go down our official 30 list. DM, uh, go ahead and start with your
1: number 30. Number 30 for me is Cujo. Um, I, it's another Stephen King classic, and it was a hit back in the day. Um, it was. When it came out, I liked the... Uh, I like the the whole premise of it. It's like this dog was with rabies, no superpowers. He just loses his shit and terrorizes this, uh, mother and her daughter. Um, and it's like, it's just, and it's a real dog. There's no special effects. They just, you know, just a good trainer. Uh, it's just a well-made film, good cast. Um, and, uh, I, I just, at the time, you know, it's it's another one of those movies where actually it, it kind of hit me cause it was kind of like in the '60s or the seventies and the eighties. There was like a whole, the whole series of like the Dobermans and the uh, that whole series of dog movies and dogs. You had, uh, that other horror movie with the dog that superpowers. It was great. Uh, but it was great. And it just, it's, it's simple, but it's just, it's, it's effective writing. And I loved it. And it just was kind of freaky. You know, it's like that could really happen. Like that.
0: Yeah. It was a big hit, too. I think it was, uh, I'm thinking D. Wallace was in that. The mother I mother so. from. I
1: love her, man. Uh, T.
0: Yeah. Um, and a great, you know, one thing about Stephen King is that creating the whole horror movie basically with two people, if I remember right, two people in a car, a mother and a son in a right. car and a dog on the outside. And the, the majority of the movie is like that. It reminds me, if you've ever seen uh, Gerald Gain- or. I don't think it's, maybe it was never a movie, but the book Gerald's Game, DM, if you ever read that, uh-uh. uh, it's basically about uh, a guy, a wife, and a husband, and the husband is a, like kinky sex, and he ties up his wife, and while she's tied, he goes, he rents a car to do it out in the woods, ties her up, and as she's tied up, he has a heart attack and dies.
1: Oh, they they made and that into a movie. Yeah, yeah,
0: they did. Yeah, and basically, all the animals outside can can smell her. Basically, I think the window oh. is open, so there's like some hungry animals outside.
1: Wow. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it's it's really it's a bit lengthy. The book is really kind of wordy. With some of his stuff is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, Cool Joe. Same setup where it's like one person, two people, place, and all the horrors that can happen graphs and all these
2: things to get
0: right Where? Yeah. Go back to a later point point, either kind of some loose ends, maybe correct some things she did wrong, or make some additions that have happened since the episode is here. Sure. So, in my 1970s, and I, I guarantee you there's going to be a few after I go through my list where I'm like, I can't believe I missed this movie. Sure. My number 30 is technically a movie that I should have included in my 1974. And I just want to put this one up there. Uh, it's a movie called Magic. And it's oh. Anthony Hopkins. Who huh. Is, uh, yeah, you, I mean it's uh, where Anthony Hopkins, nineteen seventy eight plays the ventriloquist with a little doll. and He doesn't act. I'm not sure if you've
1: seen that. I haven't, but I that's a great theme.
0: It's uh, it's fantastic because he starts to go insane. And um, funny thing is, there going back to you, you mentioned uh, Twilight Zone. I know there's a Twilight Zone episode the with a guy with a ventriloquist and he goes nuts and. The doll
1: Right. So in
0: this episode basically the doll or excuse me in this movie and I haven't I have not seen this it's been almost forty years. Yeah. Son, but but you never um, forget it. Yeah. So without going too much into uh the, the doll I believe either starts to come alive or he's basically nuts and listening to the doll who's telling him to do things. So
1: Oh, so when, some of the summer of Sam guy. Or the son of Sam guy. Kind of the same thing, where you just see Blaine's um, the, the, the
0: dog. Dogs were talking to him, yeah. So but Anthony Hopkins, who's an amazing actor, what a incredible career right. that guy has had. Yeah. Um, so anyway, Magic, if you haven't seen it, it's, it,
2: it kind of barely qualifies as a horror
0: movie, but I, I would include it as horror. That's my number 30. Yeah, let's go on to your number 29 best horror movie of the 1980s. Friday Night.
1: Fright Night.
0: Fright Night. This is only going to be you commenting because that's not my list as well.
1: Oh, okay. Um, just I thought it was great. Um, it was a, I liked it because it was like a new at the time. It was a different kind of newer style of a vampire movie. Um, good villain. Um, good cast. Uh, the 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 makeup. I I liked the look of the vampire because it it's like they they took it. And they blew up their features uh you know before that it was just like a couple fangs uh and on and real kind of just subtleties. this was full on like uh, uh full on uh possession and you know how he the, the it's like also a you know creepy neighbor story um and you know just uh the whole thing and then the the, the guy who is the t v host uh who's supposed to be helping them fight the vampire he's like a he's like a i don't know weak not yeah he's like a a weak willed man and he, you know and he he's you know he kind of he kind of hurts the kids that are trying to fight this guy this vampire and they're really like super disappointed because he's just a he ends up being kind of weak but he you know after in the end he he he's a help and they kind of bond and all that, but uh, yeah, it's a great movie. I just like the way they did everything, and um, it just—I I, like, you know, I like the 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 girlfriend. Uh, she when she gets bit, and how she blows up and she's scary. It was kind of more—it was scarier than most vampire movies at the time for me, anyway, because it was just like it was just like uh, menacing.
0: Yeah, it's, it's a very good movie. I thought it was very effective, especially for. Uh, That could have been a PG 13. I don't even think that was an R rated movie. Uh, No, I watched it. Yeah, it was PG 13. Yeah, PG
1: 13. Okay. So, number 29 on my list.
0: Number 29, this is. I don't think I've seen this on any list of best of horror movies. Uh, Probably sci fi, it would also qualify for sci fi, but I had to include this one uh, because it is. Well, it's really kind of racy as far as like this, there's some sex I think that uh, first of all, it, it's called Humanoids from the Deep. It's 1980. Oh. It's Roger Corman. Now, wow. damn, I keep talking about Roger Corman. He made some really, um, I wouldn't say questionable because it would look uh, tame by today's standards. Back in the day, it was considered questionable for the sexual content. Basically, what it is is uh, it's a take on how where uh, human beings came from the if you're a uh, uh, depending on it, it, what you believe how human beings were created this is going back to how we were fish that basically came to the sea that learned how to breathe air huh. and this a humanoid is basically a water uh, amphibious type creature that learns how to breathe air that comes out of the land and kills men and basically goes after women to mate. Um, so there is some some scenes in there that I think are actually really effective. Um, when you talk about, uh, it's basically, uh, what's that 1950s movie, The Thing from the Bottom of the Sea, oh, yeah. the, the Creature from the Black Lagoon. Clashing. It's just modernized and... Basically, if you see the creature of the, of the Black Lagoon, it grabs a girl and takes her away somewhere. And then they cut, and you just kind of think about what happens. Well, they actually show you mm-hmm. some graphic scenes about what happens when the creature actually takes the girl somewhere. and kind of what it does. There's a sex yeah. For with, with the creature. So, anyway, but it, it is uh, pretty cool. There's some gory scenes in there. Hmm. Uh, there's definitely a lot of blood. Um, And, you know, actually, coincidentally, who stars in the movie is Vic Morrow, who is the guy who was killed in the Twilight Zone movie, Twilight Zone movie that was uh, made headlines and I think got the director in trouble. Right. Um, So, yeah, uh, not too much more to say about that, um, but some of those Roger Corman horror movies from the late 70s and early 80s, I think, are effective and good, um, besides the fact that. One last thing I'll say about it. He, I believe, did Mask of the Red Death, which is an Edgar Allan Poe movie in the 1960s. So he kind of came from this position of being a well-respected director. To me, kind of a muddy a little bit. Uh, hmm. Anyway, very effective movie. I would definitely recommend it. Humanoids from the deep 1980. Nice. Uh, DM, let's go on to your number 28 movie for best book horror movies in the
1: 1980s. 1988's uh, Serpent in the Rainbow
0: very good
1: very good this classic uh talks about voodoo and it takes place in Haiti um, Bill Pullman I believe it's Bill Pullman yes um you know I and that's that's the first movie I saw him in uh and really recognized his talent um the just the whole the whole mystique of 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 voodoo and and uh and just uh it's kind of like it's a, one of the first movies I see and it's not it's not like there were some movies in the seventies about voodoo uh but they are a little more exploitive this one was actually a little more serious and um it's it just you know it's just scary the feeling that like all the the community is is aware of this guy, uh, and I believe the main character, the main villain, is the uh, the mayor. And that guy's a great actor too. Um, I can't remember his name at the moment. But just uh, just a good movie. It's scary. It's kind of a thriller. Um, it's just it's just classic. And that's one of the movies that popped in my head of of like you know just good good horror, good suspense.
0: Yeah, uh, I believe that was Wes Craven, wasn't it?
1: I think it was yes.
0: I think it was him, and there was a scene in there that I remember. Besides, the they showed showed a few like uh, ceremonial or sacrificial ceremonies, right, of these mm-hmm. natives with different animals and chickens and stuff like this. Right. I believe that I think there was even a burial scene where Bill Pullman got buried alive.
1: Right, and that that freaks me too. out too. Like at the time, because uh, I was a teenager, so I was a little more. It took a little more to scare me, but when I saw that scene, where they—I uh, I believe they gave him a like—they gave him a drug to bring him like he was still alive, but he was completely unconscious. Like he was on the verge of death. He, like froze up his body, and he, you know, he wakes up in the in the uh, in the coffin, and um, it's like he's like I want to wake up. So that's, I like I liked uh, I liked I liked all that. I just liked how it scared me and uh, it's just I don't know. It was, it was a great movie.
0: All right, so we get uh, number twenty eight on my list. Uh, that's where I have Phantasm two. Nice. GM uh, had mentioned it earlier. It is a nineteen eighty eight film that is a sequel to the nineteen seventy nine film Phantasm. Kind of a long long period in between movies. That's nearly ten years. Um, even though the first one was, was kind of a big hit, 1979, I think the filmmaker tried to get it made for many years, even though the first one did make some pretty good money. I think it was held up with production issues uh, to get funding to make these. Uh, this was made on a budget, I think of was like maybe $3 million. But so yeah, it's got Angus Scrimm as the tall man, uh, Reggie Bannister. I like how, Basically, every sequel that he did, he tried to bring back as many people as possible from these previous movies, the same actors to play the same characters as long as they survive. And I think that uh, Don Coscarelli, who did this, did a very good job. Um, Phantasm 3 is very good as well. I, I, I believe I've yet to see four and five, but i would definitely recommend Phantasm 1988. It's on both our lists, so if you get a chance, check it out. Tim, uh, go ahead with your number 27.
1: Pumpkinhead,
0: oh, it's all you because I got it as well.
1: Great, uh, I just liked it. Uh, I, I thought it was interesting. You know, it's like a, it's like a southern, kind of you know southern witchcraft. It kind of points out the the mystique of like the South. Um, you know, it's not just about slavery, uh, is the main you know demon of the history of the South, but like the uh you know the magic of it and the forest and um raising you know a demon or a monster from from the land, um, like just the whole thing, and a guy you know trying to I believe I, I believe he did he the guy who initiated it was a father trying to bring back his kid. I could be wrong. Um, but the, but basically that basis of it and the way they did it, just, just amazing. And then unleashing a, a monster and then not being able to, 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 uh, control it and it terrorizes the area, the community.
0: Yeah. Um, very good movie. Again, I'll, I'll comment on, uh, I'll make my comments later cause I have that one as well. Okay. Um, all right. So we got number twenty-seven. I tried to, there's a lot of sequels and a lot of movies, multiple movies made of, say, a horror franchise of the 1980s. I tried to eliminate as many sequels as possible or if I included a sequel, maybe not include the original, if that's possible, but uh, some of the franchises would have had multiple entries on, on my list, but I tried to eliminate as many of those as possible to get some other movies in there. This is one that uh, the it's uh, part two where part one does end up on my list a little higher but I've got Creepshow 2 1987 nice uh, this was something that was boy the original was a huge hit I remember going to see it at the theaters with my parents and it was just a loaded cinema and everyone was talking about it all the kids at school Creepshow 2 really kind of came and went with barely a notice I don't know too many people that went to see the movie
1: that's with Radon um, Chang, right no. Or is that the third no. one?
0: That actually is a... Actually, that is. The third one technically is Tales from the Dark Side, the movie.
2: Oh. Which is
0: still, I believe, George A. Romero, who actually did do the television show, okay. Tales from the Dark Side, after he did the first Creep show. Oh. Uh, actually, okay. the third one was damn good as well, the one you're talking about, in fact. The maybe we'll do a, a '90s horror movie best of list after this at some point, right. but the um, the scene or the the short story of of the movie that you're talking about is excellent. It's uh, Ray Don Chong. Let's we'll talk about this for a minute it's with James Cramer, a guy who was a character actor who was in the Warriors and
1: amazing. Love that guy. Plenty
0: of others. Yeah, I think he did like Tales from the Crypt. At least one of those episodes.
1: Dude, he was in Sex in the City too. I'm
0: sure. Yeah, he did all kinds of stuff. Um, the I remember how cool the Gargoyle was in that in that movie. Um, but anyway, going back to Creepshow too. Um, not too many stars that I can think about, but it's got three short stories as opposed to five in Creepshow. Mm-hmm. The first one. So they definitely had less funding for this one. But uh, right away, the one with the old, you know, Indian, uh, wooden Indian was great. The raft, the second one, I think, is the best. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a bunch of kids that go on a raft in a small little pond. And the third one is uh, is one that DM and I joke around about all the time, about a Karen, basically, uh, who's having an affair with a rich husband and, and runs over a, uh, a hitchhiker and he... Basically, thanks for the ride, after, lady. A, thanks
1: for the ride, lady. I love that shit. And, uh, I'll never forget well, that scene, man. I, I constantly would I would quote that shit in my 20s. I would joke, like, thanks for the ride, lady. And I would use that as a reference for, like, anybody who, uh, you know, who basically will fuck up or, you know, fuck yes. with me, like, you know, and, and interfere with something of mine. Be like, thanks for the ride, lady. And it was a good, you know, a good metaphor. Perfect.
0: Yeah, it's like sort of a, a smaller version of Stand, where yeah, somebody is a creeper stalker type, right. all the a stand, just like the song. It's the same thing where it's like uh, thanks for the ride, lady. If like if you're a racist or if you're uh, what a Karen or any of that, you know, that type of thing, it's a very good. Uh, not only that, but I really did like the music for a pre-show too. It was done by Rick Wake Wakeford. I know it's the keyboardist from the band. Yes who did the score for Creepshow 2, and I think did a great job. Um, and it, it definitely this movie holds a personal place for me. Cause actually, I remember on a summer day, uh, when I was 13 years old, <laughs> my dad had a traveling sales position. And so sometimes he'd be home during the day if he wasn't traveling. So he just came in and he says, hey, let's go see some movies. And we went into nice. the City, and we went to see Creepshow 2. And then right afterwards, we went to see Predator. So it's like in this incredible, yeah, this incredible one-two. And we went out to dinner afterwards. It was just an extremely memorable day. One of those things when you're a kid that you remember. So anyway, I highly recommend Creepshow 2. To be honest with you, it was a last-minute entry for me. I probably would have it higher on my list because I've seen this movie a number of times. Very high replay value uh, for the movie. So, okay, uh, P.M., let's go to your number 26 selection. Uh,
1: Let's see. Uh, I would have to say creep show. The original. The original.
0: Okay, well this is all you because I do have that on my list uh, higher up.
1: This classic. Uh, it was scary. Uh I, I like the you know, I like the variety of stories, um I, I liked I liked the premise. Um I just thought it was a great to, it was great to combine all the masters of horror. Um, I, 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 you know, I don't know what else. To, you know, what I could say more. It's just a classic. Um, I I believe it's it's underrated in some ways. Like I, you know, only the super hardcore fans of horror recognize it, but it's not something that you know the novice would point out. So, but it's a it's it's one of my favorites, and uh, you know, it's 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 just great.
0: Okay. Um, okay. My number twenty six is going to be a
1: movie called Trick or Treat. Really? Uh, it was made in,
0: yeah, it was made in. Uh, well, what do you think? Do you think it should be on there? Or do you think it should?
1: No, no. I mean, this is an opinion thing, so I can't. I'm not gonna. You know, I'm not gonna argue with you, but I'm surprised. Like, uh, that's a uh, that's funny because I watched that when I was like in, I think I was in eighth grade with some friends of mine, and we watched it. Literally, uh, you know, watched it at my friend's house cause my, he had cable and, and, uh, I thought it was funny cause I was in the metal and at the time, uh, it, it was, it was the way they were. And the guy who started it, I only saw him in family ties. So when I saw him in a movie where he's like a rock, like under, he's, a, um, like he's the underdog. He's a, he's a rock, you know, metal nerd, um, I thought it was great, and I thought like how you know the the premise of it was great, and I the soundtrack is fucking classic eighties like rock. Last like, way? Oh my god! Never heard about them after that. Uh, then you know they didn't have a lot of hits, but that album was just like, man, that was they hooked them up like it's just a great soundtrack. Couldn't believe it. Yeah, um, it, it,
0: like you said, it was Skip from Family Ties, who I. I, I I'll tell you what, that's a show that has not lived well through in my opinion. I, I really loved the show when I was a little kid, like maybe 8, 9, 10 years old. I watch it these days, and I'm like, wow. This is like, it, it's just another show from the 80s that
2: really? is really
0: kind of weak in my opinion, like the Cosby show. And, uh, I mean, Cheers was a, probably uh, it was a little better watched these days than the other two, but the 80s was just filled with those... Um, Family comedies that are just very conservative and very uh, not not very funny, actually. Huh. Um, anyway, not a show that I, I really and I've watched it recently. I just don't, don't enjoy it anymore like I did when I was a kid. But um, yeah, and I equate you know I, I always equate when you're talking about heavy metal, I equate heavy metal music and horror movies together. They're sure. kind of extreme, usually liked more by young guys than young girls. Mm-hmm. Um, and Simmons had part of the movie. Cool scene as well. Hey, uh, let me tell you this too. This is bullshit. Because one part of horror movies when I was a kid that I loved is great, like nude scenes. And uh, <laughs> as an older guy, like I don't really. I mean, I, I care about the movie more. But when I was a kid, it was kind of like a special bonus. Oh my god! And yeah. there was a really cool scene where uh, there's some demon. I know, it was a girl in a car and and there was she thought she was making out with like Prince Charming and it turned out to be like and he took her top off and it ended up to be whichever demon uh, Mark Price had summoned through this old rock star that had died, right? Not an old but he was a rock star I believe that had died who right. was devil worship or something like that. Yeah. Anyway, um there's plenty of scenes in this movie. I think they were pretty good. Uh, not a great movie, but a good one. I recommend it. Trick or Treat, 1986. Okay, so uh, DM, let's go on to your number well, twenty-five selection.
1: Real quick, uh, right. don't forget Gene Simmons. Did you mention Gene Simmons?
0: I said Ozzy and Gene. Simmons. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh,
1: I I just have to say, like, I thought Ozzy was pretty funny, and it was like, you know, of course, over the top, but actually, pre his. Him now, like he actually was a he wasn't bad as an actor for like like to play a villain or like you know just to, to an over exaggerated character. I thought he was pretty good.
0: you talking about Gene Simmons,
1: yeah? Like he was surprising. Like he was in like well, the... he had a
0: career for a couple of years in Hollywood.
1: It's weird. Like
0: That's why... well, do you remember it pissed Paul Stanley off because in the early to mid '80s? Uh, he was doing more acting than he was like writing music for kiss. Huh. And he did a movie with uh he did a movie with Tom Selleck
1: Fuck yeah uh, dude
0: right around the same time. So he had you know, yeah, yeah, he has a presence on screen for sure.
1: So but yeah, I just wanted to point that out, because that was like actually I was I was at the time uh or even now I look back at him and I'm just like Wow, that's that's uh, that's wild. Like I forgot that he actually. I I, I don't know. I think he's. Uh, I think he's he's a decent shitty actor.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. Okay, do you have your uh, number twenty five selection?
1: Let's see. Layer of the white worm.
0: Oh, that is a good one. I missed it on my list, but I I. Like a British horror movie.
1: It's also a, I believe it's an H.P. Lovecraft story. I'm like, no. I
0: think it is too. Yeah, I, I, uh, it fits with the monsters kind of close to a a Tulu type monster, right?
1: Right, right. Good cast though. Um, I love the woman who was the, uh, I don't know what you call her. She, she basically was like the human, uh, keeper, the keeper, she was a keeper. Yeah. Cause she would find places, uh, and she basically prepared the, the, the house or the, the land, you know, for this, this, the worm. And, uh, it's just classic. I, you know, the chick was creepy. She's a great actress. Like she's in, she's classic horror, horror actress, but uh, I love that movie.
0: Yeah. I agree. I think she was good. I think it was a good movie. Um, there's that classic scene, of course, where she has like some young kid, and she, I she was a type of vampire or something. I just remember her saying like, "Oh, you're a, what a croaky boy you are," and she stripped down, and then she had bangs and basically,
1: yeah,
0: <laughs> a bit weird, I guess,
1: right? Something like that, yeah, something, something
2: like that, something um,
1: wild like that. I was just like. Oh wow, and she's uh, you know, uh, I and I recognize her because she was in Superman. I think she was in the first Superman as one of the three uh, 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 Kryptonians that were after. Really, the, super, man, after the
0: female in the. Wow, right? Cool. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, good, good one, man. Good, good entry. We got uh, number. What are we on? Twenty five, twenty four, twenty five. All right. So my twenty five selection. I really dig this movie for so many reasons. Number one, I believe that, you know, we talked before about the 1970s horror movies. 1980s, I think that the majority of the good ones were really the beginning part of the decade or the mid part. As we get towards the end of the 80s and the 90s, I think they're not quite as good. But this is the one, 1988, that's called Cellar Dweller. Um,
2: oh, okay, and, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, it stars Brian Robbins, who is from the TV show "Head of the Class," um, and it basically is he's a, a cartoon artist, like a comic book artist, and his uh, character in his comic book comes alive, the cellar dweller. There are some really cool scenes in this movie. It starts right off with a great scene right away. Um, some really um, hey i say we'll just see some hot, some great hot chicks, some great scenes uh, with the hot chicks in it. You know, let me tell you something too: is that I was about to say like, oh boy, it's not politically correct. Just fuck that! Like this is horror movies. Like I don't care. Like if there is like hot guys in a movie and girls like it, I don't I, care about don't that care. either.
2: I'm yeah.
0: tired of this crap of people. Oh, it objectifies women. It's a it's a goddamn well, movie. Yeah. It be a yeah. Um, <laughs> I no,
1: mean, so
0: this is like a big deal. There's there's right. There's a couple of new chicks in it, so...
1: That's a, um, that's a staple in a horror movie, though. Yeah. So,
0: um, So anyway, um, and it, it's not like an nice spit on your grave type scenario. So, anyway, very good horror movie, 1988. Let me see if there's anything else I can say about it. Uh, probably not. I'll just say, like, if you like classic horror movies with, like, a... a a monster, a beast, and it's it's not excessively gory, it's not excessively anything, it's just a good uh, horror movie that has a few little small twists and a little bit of suspense, it's just right to me, I when you're talking about a simple, not going deep like Exorcist or anything like that, it's just a simple good horror movie, so that's my yeah. number 25 selection.
1: Yeah,
0: uh, yeah, What is your number twenty four selection?
1: So number twenty four would be Hellraiser two. And
0: Excellent. okay, yeah, they made a lot of
1: those. They did, but uh, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna combine them because I saw both of them at the same time, um, and I just thought, you know, it, to me they're like they're like a double feature because it just like the first one comes out. And you get introduced to everything, and the characters and the story. And then the second one comes out, and it's like a, it's like a, it's like a, it's, like a, it's a complete sequel, and, uh, in where it, it just takes off right after. And I thought that was great. And I'd get them confused sometimes when I was younger because they're so like, they're so connected. Uh, like the story doesn't end; nothing changes. It's just continuation. Um, I I thought it was brilliant. I, the concept. Uh, Clive Barker, again, like, probably the best, one of the few horror movies that really made me think about the concept of, like, hell, uh, and it, like, really made more sense to me of, like, you know, it's the whole thing where you go to hell, and your hell is the thing you love to do that you're addicted to, and you can't ever, like, do it, you can't, if you're a nymphomaniac, you can never, like, you can never have sex with somebody, um, you know, if uh, a drug addiction, like you can take any any of the seven deadly sins, and you can never achieve, you can never achieve your goal. Like you're you're always your hell is is the wanting and yearning for that thing.
0: Very interesting. And um, you say you're combining the, these two bases, basically one and two that you're putting as your
1: right. Yeah. Number,
0: okay. Well, here, here's a controversial take I have, and. I had a very controversial take on the 1970s for a that. I don't believe I put The Exorcist on my list. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, which is... I, I don't know, whatever. But it was my list. I didn't put it on there. And if you want to listen to that episode, I'll tell you, I'll tell you why. Um, here's The controversial take is that I don't have any of the Hellraisers on my list.
2: Okay. Um,
0: and I do think that... Uh, First of all, to be honest with you, I kind of forgot about him a little bit when I was thinking about doing the list way back when. I thought about the movie when I actually wrote him out and did my list. I didn't include it on there, even though, obviously, I think it's a movie that the majority of people, at least the first one, I wonder if the first two were together, or if those are two, you know what I mean? Like if it's one story that was separated into two movies, a la Superman 1 and 2, were shot as... Uh, one movie and just separated into parts one and two but um, I think that most people would have Hellraiser at least in their top 20 if not maybe in their top 10 it is certainly a classic horror movie classic looks of the villains Uh, it is sort of a little bit of uh, elements of like fatal masochism
1: and
0: the elements of like pain uh I and mean, it is it definitely is a precursor for movies like Saw and some other movies that horror movies that came later on.
2: Sure.
0: Um, the legendary kind of line about uh well, I kinda of gave it away that it said uh I think it was Pinhead who said your suffering will be legendary. Right. Um, that shit was
1: great. The writing, man. Like, it was. And you know, and you know, you could you could study it on different levels, because um, that's how I, I I liked it because there was more to it than just a, It was just slash or or you know satanic. It like like yeah. it was different a different take on the whole concept of hell and and demons and shit. And it was like you know the the creatures, the Cenobites are fucking like just. I don't know. I, I just thought it was it was a great take on it and how they wear leather and uh, the the way they look and they're pale and uh, you just you know you, you I don't know. It just it was like every, it just looked painful. Everything about it it literally was painful. Like you know the 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 monster, the demons, the Cenobites, they look fucking like they're in constant pain uh, from whatever. And they're just the way it's set up. Uh, the the pervy doctor gets turned into one, and be, and it's like the the way they did it, man. And and like the other part I liked is uh, so the the main god of hell is called Leviathan, and then if you look, that's also the name of a demon in the Torah, uh, and it's also I believe H. G. Wells. I want to say it's a reference, or it's there's like some similarities to it. Uh, Was well, it H-
0: Wells or Lovecraft?
1: Lovecraft, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. Uh, I get those guys, their names confused sometimes. H. G.
0: Wells, man, I, that that dude is incredible. He is, sorry, but they both are
1: but, uh, but sorry, go ahead. And continue. Well, I just I think there's a reference to H. P. Lovecraft uh, with a you know dimensional demons and creatures, and pain and like psychological horror. Uh, The way the scenes where the room, like when the demons, the the cinebites appear, uh, the room like switches and the whole thing with the chains. Um, There's a, when I was in my 20s, I read about this guy uh, who suffered. um, He was a, he was an artist um, and he, his whole thing was he suffered from pain. Like he had serious health issues and uh, he would his thing was he would put hooks in his back and he'd be hanging. Um, and he would, he really did this shit. Uh, and so like when I saw Hellraiser, I was like, Oh, I wonder if he, he got any of the ideas for that. Cause it's the same kind of thing where it's just, it's like embracing the pain and, and you know, like um, uh, the way they, 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 They praised it, the torturing, and just everything about it was just like, this is just some wild shit, and uh, I just thought it was very intelligent. There's a graphic novel, uh, you you know, uh, Jamara, my friend that you met uh, when we were playing music, uh, she's a big fan of his, too, and uh, she had bought the whole graphic novel series, and it's even more, like, it goes even deeper. It I'm delves sure, deeper yeah. and it's more graphic, um, and it's beautiful art and all that. But yeah, I love I love the Hellraiser series. I watched the new one that was on, uh, uh, I believe it was on, what was it on Hulu? They released one last year or the year before, a brand new one, and it's like even more uh, it delves even deeper and all that. But it's just it's a great series. I I I love great franchise. I I liked it. I thought it was good.
0: Um, yeah, uh, definitely Lovecraft, any of the, the really good horror guys of the, and, and if there's any women out there uh, that are doing it too, are very heavily influenced by Lovecraft. I believe even, I thought that Clive Parker directed Hellraiser, because he did direct most of his stories. I thought he directed
1: well, he did Hellraiser. Great, he did a great job, because it was just, you know, it was just, uh, oh, and the, on, uh, the, the thing about the uncle and how he was obsessed with like like sex and like uh you know, he was he was so he was so he was so uh uh he was a deviant, you know, and like his he was just obsessed with like uh just fucking around with uh uh evil and like ancient evil and you know, and the, the whole the whole thing with the puzzle. Yeah, they definitely definitely
0: they definitely Puts you into it, does a good job of putting you in a, in a feeling that you're in hell when you're actually watching the movie as right. the characters really are. All right, well, Hellraiser, that's uh, uh, I'm surprised with all you said about it, i was surprised it's not higher on your list. You seem to be a huge uh, fan uh, of the first two, but well, anyway, uh, I guess uh, we'll we've got more to look forward to here as far as uh, horror movies. Uh, number twenty four for me guess what we're gonna stay with Clive Barker. I got pumpkin head there's number twenty four right. nice uh, the monster really reminds me a little bit of alien actually the look of it it's black huh. scaly it's skeletal it's long uh it's even it's got that big head uh kind of like alien. It does remind me a little bit of it um, I'm not gonna say too much more about this movie. I would say I highly recommend it so the star of the movie is such a fantastic actor.
2: Oh, um,
0: I, I I hate to say DM I but he's a huge like huge far, far right wing nutcase case like uh Yeah, it happens uh, it anyway, his name is Lance Hendricks he actor he was in. Um, many other great horror movies. One of them is further up on my list. Um so yeah, very good uh setting darkness, uh good at the very atmospheric, I highly recommend that. Let's move on to number 23. Kim, yeah, what do you have
1: on your list for number 23? 23. Well, I, I mean, we'd, we'll have to jump to 22 because 23 is Hellraiser, but we already talked about that. Um, sure. Do you have a
0: 23? Um, 23, I do. Uh, okay. Okay research Researching you know, right now. Uh, let's see. Come on. I was. I want to go to the Wikipedia page here. Okay, number twenty-three. I have. Oh no! I love this horror franchise. Love it. It really made me laugh as well as. Actually, made I thought it was actually more about comedy than horror. To be honest with you, especially after the first one, um, it really became something with me and my friends in my teens and my twenties. We were reference to this movie, Great Lines. One of my favorite actors' plays, uh, The Killer. We're talking about the original 1988 Child's play uh, with Chucky the Doll. Um, and we're talking about one of my favorite actors, Yes, I think Chris Seren. He's very good. He plays the vampire in... Uh, you okay over there?
2: Yeah.
0: He <laughs> plays the vampire on Bright Night. Um, Catherine Hicks, who played a few other movies. But the big thing is the, is Brad Doris, one of my absolute favorite actors who uh, was in uh, Lord of the Rings. Yeah, a very,
2: great.
0: Um, and he, his voice, obviously, he's doing more of like a Jack Nicholson uh, with his voice. Hey, daddy, he, hey, you gotta get me out of this body. Like, he's kind of doing a Jack Nicholson approach. I right. loved it. But I'll never forget the scene. kind of one of the funniest scenes of all time. and it, it introduced me to, as well as a few other movies, comedy and horror because of Brad Dourif. The scene where she, the mom picks him up, is about to throw him in the fire and says, talk, Daniel, otherwise I'm going to throw you in the fire. And all of a sudden he looks at her and he goes, you filthy slut, you piece of shit, you stupid bitch. I'll teach you to fuck with me. And he bites her on the shoulder. Right. <laughs> and, of course, for him to go off on that, like, profane, profanity-laden tirade on her, I-, I swear to God, I was sitting there watching the movie with my mom on VHS, nice. I c- erupted with laughter, I couldn't stop laughing at it, uh, and look, look. these are old horror movies, where, sure. there's a lot of spoiler, spoiler alerts in here, so sorry if I just gave away a great scene if you haven't seen the movie, but go see it, or, you know, see it, whatever way you want to see it, see that movie, the... Uh, Actual, if we're doing a 90s list, uh, I don't want to give too much more away, but I certainly have other movies to put on there from Child's Play. Very popular horror franchise. So that's my number 23 movie, the best horror movies of the 1980s. Nice. Okay, so what do you have for number 22 on your list yet?
1: Let's see. I'm going to have to do another combo, Uh, The Howling and The Howling 2.
0: God, it was on the fringe of my list. I was thinking about those. Big time werewolf movie loved the second one as well.
1: Like uh I'd have to say uh I like it. It's a classic because it's the first the first horror movie that um like it it goes it the the look of the werewolves and how and the transformation scenes, like they actually like took time and like in the uh, plot you know um you know they went over the scenes and they went through details and how you know because usually it's like previous horror movies werewolf movies uh you turn around turn back and uh the werewolf appears it doesn't go into detail how uh, this one it's like you see it grow uh it's taller. It's it's uh it's it's they're longer. It's more wolf looking. uh, Previous wolf werewolves were like the Wolfman, where it just looks like a dog. um, yeah, But this looks like a
0: guy in a, a suit with a mask on.
1: Right. You know, and and so this, like, they really go out and they 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 kind of like they uh they expand the story more, uh and kind of just explain how it goes and they add a lot of interesting details and. You know, the adding, like, making, you know, they're, a, they're like a, what is it? They're a pack, you know, making references, like, to more, like, wolves. Um, it's, in and how it's, like, you know, it's, there's uh, an indigenous element to it or native, you know, element to it. Um, like, it just, yeah, it just goes off, man. I love it. And it just, uh, it was kind of scary, you know. It just, it scared me more. And it was more raw. They showed more. The scenes are more intense they they show the the victims you know how they got cut up and or shredded and uh there's more depth to it and, and uh more political too in some ways because like it exposes the world the cast is great I mean there's all these great elements to it, but i just it's just to me it's probably the it's the beginning and and one of the you know two of the best uh werewolf horror movies ever.
0: I completely agree. I believe that is, um, D D wallace again. Didn't she play the main character?
2: Right. Right.
0: In that, um, classic scene. I'm not going to give it away. I'm going to try to be better. about giving spoilers out, um, but classic scene with her at the end. She's a TV reporter, right? When she's Mm -hmm. on live, uh, on the air, classic scene there. Um, that if you've seen it, you, you know what I'm talking about. Um, Another classic scene on the very end where a werewolf goes up to a diner and says, uh, You know, you, I'll take a cheeseburger. And they're like, How do you want it? And he's like, Rare. Right. The funny thing is, though, is that as you see the burger cook, let's gotta remember, talking about this, the small stuff, they have the scene of the burger cooking took up the whole ending credits. By the time the credits are done rolling, I'm like, This burger is like medium well by now. Right, I'm right, like, right. You, the first order to Rare, you put it on very briefly, each side, serve it up. Right. But anyway, um, the second one, I could have sworn there was like a big, huge werewolf like orgy scene in the second yeah. one. Yeah. Uh, where the guy who, one of the uh, male werewolves in the second one, is a great character actor who was in one of my favorite 80, 80s movies of all time, Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Uh, he played the hitchhiker, the scary, sort of like uh, angry hitchhiker that Pee Wee, I yes so I I haven't seen that movie in so long but I don't know the guy's name but uh, he was great I love both of those movies I was very close to putting one if not both of those on my list as well so uh, excellent selection Um, let me move on to number 22 on my list and I guess I'll do 21 as well right because you had a combo
1: yeah Yeah, let's let's do combos
0: okay all right, so I have um, on my 22 list 1985, Return of the Living Dead. Uh, hmm. It is not a George A. Romero Living Dead film. Uh, it is directed by Dan O'Bannon, who wrote Alien. Huh. Uh, fantastic job. There is a uh, leak, a chemical leak at a chemical factory, uh, highly poisonous gas goes up into the clouds, acid rain comes down over this area of the town, causes zombies, a great script, Uh, really cool scenes. Uh, This is one of my favorites. Anybody who loves horror movies, I think, uh, DM, even if it's not on yours, this is something that, when I was a kid, everyone was talking about this movie. Great cast. Uh, Tom Matthews is in it. who was in Friday, 13th, Part 6, playing Tommy Jarvis. Um, another great actress. We're talking about a screen queen. One of the greatest of all time is Linnea Linnea Quigley. Huh. Anybody who's a horror movie fan knows that name. She usually does like I don't know some ball mind-boggling horror movie that Fred Olin Ray was a. Uh, 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 horror movie director did she was in another movie that actually i'm going to mention further up on my list. Uh, love the cast she does this great dancing movie uh, she she does this great dancing scene where she strips down before uh, all the dead come up and basically uh, eat, eat her alive and start. it was just uh, i can't say I enough mean, I really really enjoyed this movie i haven't seen it in so long. I must have seen it. I must have saw the movie maybe 10 to 15 times on VHS back in the day. Wow. Anyway, Return of the Living Dead, 1985, highly recommended. Now, let me go on to, okay, Give me one second, we're going to do number 21. And this is something that goes along with uh, what we were talking about with movies that have a ton of sequels. Uh, I only included two movies from this series in here, and, oh, come on. Sorry, let me get no. to this. Uh, it is Friday the 13th, part five.
2: Believe oh. it or not,
0: part five. Um, uh, part five, come on, this is this is ridiculous. I could have sworn it in, there's a part in Wikipedia where you could see, like, all of the, uh, we could see all of the, sequels, or bring you to the next sequel.
1: Yeah, there used, used to be a link. They'd have all the links underneath.
0: Right, so this is giving me a real hard time. That's why I usually don't like doing a back-to-back like this. But just bear with me for one second... Yeah, there's only so much talking I can do. Excuse me. There's only so much talking I can do. will well, try to search them at the same time. Yeah. Anyway, one thing I loved about... <laughs> Shut up, bitch. Shut up,
2: bitch.
0: Uh, <laughs> one thing I loved about part five is it's one of the Friday the 13th where Jason is... Okay, spoiler alert. Big spoiler alert. Uh, Jason is not the killer of this one. And I oh. love it because it's a whodunit. You don't realize who it is till the very end. Right. Yeah. That's what's different about this one. Every single other one, except for the first one, you know who the killer is. That's obvious. And there's no whodunit portion of the script. Part five does that. Um, you Use a little giveaway in the beginning. Uh, where you, could, you can kind of figure it out. Like especially if you watch it again, you're like, oh, okay. They give it away with this this little scene here. But uh, I can't say enough about this movie. I think it's extremely underrated. Part five, Friday the thirteenth, uh it's got some really good characters. It, this is one of the this is the first one of the Friday the thirteenth where they introduce some camp into the horror. There's a campiness to it, it's funny. Wow. There's a, a biker mama chick that's in it with her rednecks half we'll call handicapped son, who's just this uh He's in I, I think do you remember the movie?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, he's the one riding the bike around. No, right. oh, no, they they did me wrong. Mom, they did this. Right. He's a great redneck character. The mom is hilarious cooking the stew. Um, the kids at the ew, insane, insane asylum, for lack of a better term, yeah. uh,
2: are
0: are great. Um, and also, too, it stars a kid from Different Strokes. He uh, played... What character did you play in different strokes it was Arnold's best friend, oh um yeah, uh Dudley yeah, his name was Dudley.
1: Yeah,
0: oh, uh, wow, and he, was, he, was, he was he was good man he was a very good kid actor in this um there's some scenes going between a like uh, place like uh, like an RV parking lot. One thing about the Friday 13th, they're not all at the Camp Crystal Lake. They're different parts. Uh, a, it's supposed to be in New York, I guess. So it's a different lakes that are all around the same area.
2: Huh. Some
0: of them are on Camp Crystal Lake, but just a different uh, resort-type area. Uh, they're, they're not all about uh, you know a summer camp for kids. So this one is uh, an insane asylum. Uh, one of the greatest scenes... Talk about hilarious uh, is these two New York biker guys that are really kind of, they look like the biker guy and uh, the village people. And what the hell they're doing way out in the middle of Camp Crystal Lake, I have no idea. They have like leather outfits on. Sure. They're like, um, one of the kids is, is joking around. One of the kids has to go to the bathroom, number two, and he goes out into the woods. And it's like, what the hell like Yeah. Who the hell who the hell just drives down the road right. and says, I think I gotta go to the bathroom, pull over and I'm gonna go out <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> I'm gonna go out of
1: sight so you can't see me and then I'll just make yeah. it so easy for anybody to kill me.
0: And then he comes back and he, and he's like, You better fix the car do to do do to do, I'll get right. you your ass do to do to do and he starts singing this little medley right and it's just it kills me. The hats they got on, um They look like two Powery boy kids from the 1920s nice
1: um,
0: in in New York or something. It's just, it's so hilarious. And I have to say this too. For all of the horror movies, talk about hot checks. This is way up there. There's a girl who does a scene, her last name is coincidentally Voorhees, and she does a scene with a kid. They go out and uh, away from the insane asylum, and and she's just kind of lying there naked. And what I love is that most of the girls in the horror movies, uh, objectively, are kind of skinny. They're not very busty. Mm-hmm. They're kind of uh, she's very voluptuous and very busty. And um, there's I love also the two characters. There's a nerdy kid in there yeah. that is very shy. Who, who
1: he ends being a up being the hero? And,
0: uh, not really. No, he, he's 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 a goner. Oh. But I mean, he he and this, he musters up the courage to see to this girl as they're watching a movie. He's like, you know, I like you. Do you want to go out? And she laughs at him, and he runs upstairs yeah. and goes into his room. And that's when he's off by, uh, we'll just say the Jason character. Sure. Um, but I love the character, the selection of characters. They have different personalities, and yeah. I actually feel for this kid. But he's he's a goner. I, I felt for him, and that says a little something about character development. In yeah. A, Little crappy horror movie, um, not to mention the fact that it is the best, besides, of course, I'll try to wrap this up, besides Corey Feldman, the best Tommy Jarvis. He is a kid who was a complete and total actor who went on to do, do- uh, documentaries and dramas and oh. played a co- cop in, I guess, a few movies, but he absolutely did not want to do horror movies. He, they put out an ad for the movie for actors and said they wanted to do a psychological thriller. They yeah. didn't say this was Friday the 13th Part 5. He answered the ad. Uh, the actor who plays Tommy Jarvis goes out there, and he finds out that it's a Friday the 13th, and he's like, oh, what the hell? I'll, I'll do it anyway. He psychologically got inside the mind of this character, Tommy Jarvis, so well, so much better than the guy that did it in Part 6. Um huh. uh, he did a, a such a fantastic job playing kind of a whack job, also playing kind of a tough guy. He's kind of built and he's kind of shredded a little bit, uh-huh. and he definitely looked like a felt like a nemesis for Jason.
2: Nice.
0: Can't say enough about the cast and the crew. Like it just every time I watch this movie, I like it more and more. Phew, Okay, all right. I went off on that one, that's, that's my number okay. twenty-one selection. Friday Thirteen Part Five. DM. Go on to number twenty. What do you got for number twenty?
1: From Beyond.
0: Oh, good one. Good one.
1: Um just uh just a classic, um good cast. Uh, I liked it because it was unique and um I wanna say this is the H P. Lovecraft story too. Like it's a, I think it was too. Yeah. Because of the the demons are or cosmic and the how it's combining like uh, it's a it's a little bit sci-fi because the, they you know they show the technology that can uh that you know the person whoever's manning the, the the equipment can cross over into a dark dimension and so i thought that was fascinating uh and how the demons or the the beasts can cross over and they bite you um, the uh, the thing with the guy like it's very like uh sexual like it's kind of kind of erotic, uh, in a gross way. Um, the, the scene where, uh, the, well, the cast is great. There's the cop. And then the lady who's, I believe a scientist. Um, and I can't remember her name off the top, but she's a famous horror actress. Anyway, uh, the guy who plays the doctor who they take back to the house, he's like, he's on, he's up there like, you know, classic horror actors, like just freaks, you know, Um, and just the whole thing, and the way the room would get dark, and how they cross over, and, and uh, it's just a, it's just a great movie, and um, it's, it kind of scared me, but I thought it was more fascinating, um, just how it was written, and, and how it looked, and, and, you know, they, and it was like a lot of, it was like more Someone more of a thriller in some ways and uh like I said just uh the way they they they, they wrote and this probably is uh you know a little bit of HP Lovecraft because he was a fucked up dude um it's uh it's very you know like I said they combine eroticism with with horror and uh like a, you know it's a psychological thriller the same in the same way
0: yeah I uh famous like a VHS cover for that with one guy, uh, I believe it's the doctor whose parts of him have connected to another person's brain, has connected to somebody else, right? And is trying to morph or absorb it. I believe.
1: Yeah, it's just um, bizarre. Like.
0: Yeah, it, uh, I love those type of horror movies that are crossovers with like sci-fi, right? Psychological covers and stuff. So uh, excellent, good selection. I totally remember that. Haven't seen in years. Um, okay, so number twenty for me is an absolute classic. Reminds me of Return of the Living Dead as far as classic horror movie. This one is a, in the latter part of the decade, nineteen eighty-eight. It was unsuccessfully remade, I believe, a decade later. We're talking about Night of the Demons. Um, I love this movie. It has this fantastic animated intro when it's going through the credits that I absolutely love. The art, the artistry is fantastic uh directed by Kevin s who does another movie on the list here uh further up on my on my list um, it's about basically a bunch of kids uh it is Halloween nights and they um they go through they go basically go to a haunted house uh love the uh absolutely love the soundtrack The soundtrack is magnificent. Uh, reminds me a little bit of how Goblin did the soundtracks for Argento in the 70s. Um, I don't have the name of the band in front of me right now, but if you watch this movie, uh, you'll see it and and just love the music. If you love kind of like, it's not even metal, I think it's kind of hardcore grind music or something with great beats. Oh. Um, very, very effective. Linea Quigley, again, who I mentioned. Nice. And maybe that's why it reminds me of Return of the Living Dead. She's in this as well. She does a famous scene. Might be the first one that I've ever seen who created this like kinder horror look that uh, some of my favorite female uh, riot girl bands, uh, whole whole, obviously, she copied that from the girl from oh god uh god god damn, what is that band my 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 favorite I'm blanking right now? My favorite uh, punk rock girl band of the nineteen eighties. Dolls, the
1: uh no. You're not talking about the runaways. No, 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 no. no, no. Uh the Dolls. W- Wendy R. Williams.
0: No, 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 no. It's uh her name is I can't I, I'm sorry I can't let this go I have to look this up. All right. Um, the Kinder Whore looks... Uh, the dolls the something dolls. Uh,
1: Not the New York Dolls. They're from the '70s and that's a dude band.
0: It's a guy. It's a girl singer. Boy, I can't help myself. I have to look this up. Uh, okay, thanks a lot. I'm, someone's showing a picture of her without naming the actual <laughs> band. Um, Babes in Toyland. Ah! Kathy G. Lynn, uh created that kin- kinder whore look, at least for her musically, where basically she's dressing up like a little girl, smeared lipstick, smeared makeup, Love it. blonde, little bob type hair with little uh, bob. Bob pins and poppy pins and them and stuff. Yeah. Anyway, famous scene, and I'm gonna say a spoiler, famous scene in Night of the Demons, after Demon has infected her, infested her body, she's putting lipstick on at a in a mirror, smears the lipstick all over, puts the lipstick on her nipple, she's topless. And pushes the lipstick into her nipple, and it absorbs into her body. It is the strangest. I swear to God, there's so many. Once the people in the house, once these kids start um, going down one by one, and they're they're not off screen, they're um, they're just taken over by demons they, you know, you have to tell it first if they are. It becomes obvious. But there are some real strange scenes of all of these kids partying while one by one they're turning into demons. Um, I can't... uh, I really can't recommend this enough. 1988's Night of the Demons. Boy, my phone is really effing up left and right. I'm trying to stay on the Wikipedia page to describe it. And it keeps going off into different uh, websites. But anyway, 1988, night, Night of the Demons highly recommend it love it uh now we are into the top 20 uh Dean what is your number 19 selection
1: the company of wolves
0: oh highly acclaimed uh werewolf movie i believe
1: love it classic the other one is it's a continuation of that style of uh it's another one that you know kind of freaking out uh and another one where you see the the werewolf, uh, the transformation scenes are a lot better. Uh, they, they totally took the, eye style from the howling, but it's really good. The story's really good. The, uh, your favorite guy who you mentioned before, uh, who's in child's play, he's in it. Um, there's another guy, uh, classic actor. This is it. It's all around. It's just a good movie. Like the the cast is really good. The writing's really good. Um, it just, I don't know, I loved it. And it's just, you know, I'll never forget it. So, uh, I saw a lot of these movies. Um, I saw them on, you know, basic TV. Uh, and they would be on late at night. Um, and so as well as movies I saw at night that would scare me because I was young. And, you know, the room would be dark and my mom would be asleep because uh, I would sneak in <sighs> And so a lot of these movies are badass, like just, uh, it was just fun. So I loved it. That's
0: the best way to see them, isn't it? I love right. that. Up late on a Saturday night when your parents were asleep, when you happen upon a great movie. Um, to be honest with you, I can't comment on that one because I haven't seen it in so, so long. Uh, but I would love to go see it again. Um, okay. So that's number, that's your number 19, right? The Company of Wolves?
2: Yeah.
0: Okay. I my number nineteen is a movie where I could, I don't think I could have included the first and the second ones together the way that uh, you do because I believe the second one is just as good or just about as good I just don't know if the second one was a nineteen eighties horror movie but this one it's not I don't know if it's really considered a horror movie it might be I I do so I'm gonna go ahead and put it on there number nineteen the stepfather oh yeah uh, it is good. yeah. yeah. Love it. Uh, I actually did see this movie again recently, the first and the second one. I would say within the last six months. I thought it was even better than when I saw it when I was a kid. Um, saw it with my entire family when I was a kid. I thought, oh, this is a very good movie. Saw it again. It's a classic setup of a, basically a stepfather trying to ingratiate himself into a family. Um, where, the, you know, the daughter, I believe this one, this one, a daughter and a son. This one is a daughter, um, and the second one I believe is the son. So, um, the, the daughter does not take kindly to him. She doesn't trust him, and with good reason. Uh, Terry O'Quinn, who plays the main character, is in another movie uh that I'm gonna mention further up on my list. He did a fantastic job. Fantastic playing the stepfather, going between this overly nice Kind of religious, talks real slow and yeah. very comforting. And how do you do there, pal? And great right. to see you. And, and next thing you know, he's a murderous um, maniac. Right. So, uh, so I can't see another. Yeah, classic movie. That's my number nineteen stepfather. DM. What do you know what got for number eighteen?
1: Ah, uh, sleepaway camp.
0: Oh, 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 this is all you because that is way high up on my list.
1: Um. Classic, um, well, i just say that it's a great movie, uh, it's great writing, um, it's fucking odd, and it's uh, just the, the whole thing with the, the aunt who who wants a daughter so bad uh, makes this little boy become a, you know, basically, you know, makes him become a, a girl. Um,
0: Boy, that is a huge spoiler. By the way,
1: I mean, but it's you know, but it's so fucking odd, and and like, and then when uh, when he gets to the you know the camp, he's so whacked out because she's she's done such a number on him psychologically, uh, and the kids too. Like they're they're a little off, uh, but the, all the you know the scene like the curling iron scene is fucked up
2: classic
1: uh, like just all these you know this crazy and it's just a little boy who's you know if you don't treat your kids right they're going to be fucking they're going to be fucked up uh and you know watch the whole thing but then at the, the end uh i think oh we, i think we talked about this uh years ago cuz it was such a memorable movie but the end is just like it's fucking great i mean it's just like it's scary as fuck uh and a great it's great uh suspense it's a great build-up uh you have no idea it's just like where all these people and all you know of course all the shitty people die uh basically who are mean to him uh it's just it's just great i they try to make some sequels and i i checked them out and they can't you know as well as movies like sometimes you don't need to make a sequel Uh, it's just, it is a one and done. Like, I, I love it. It's classic and it, it scared the shit out of me at the end. It was like just fucked up the facial expression, the, and, and that, and that, uh, it's actually, it was an actual girl that played the character. Uh, she's actually, um, she's, I looked her up and, uh, she's, she still does like, she does conventions. Uh, of course, I'm not being very, you know, thorough with the name, already, but the person who played in Sleepaway Camp the star, she's like, uh, she's great. Like, she's, you know, still alive. She doesn't look like she's been, uh, you know, ruined by Hollywood and like she just she's had a good life. But I can't say enough about it. It's uh, it's good on so many levels uh, as, you know, it's just classic. You know, and I don't know. We're just
0: good. Yeah. One thing I'll say, if we could, DM, we should really try. There could be some people listening to this that have never seen these movies. We should try as as hard as possible to not give away very important plot twists or endings. <laughs> uh, if we can, only because like, if I if everything you said, if I wanted to see it, you gave away the major plot of it, it would be like, well, it definitely takes away from if somebody who's going to go see that. Yeah. Uh, granted, these are four years old, but we'll try the best we can. But, you know, or at least maybe we could just try to say spoiler it or sure. spoiler it first. Um, okay, so number 20, but great movie, great selection. Um, so what I'm going to do for my number, we we 18 here. Yeah. Uh, number 18 for me is one you already mentioned, Fright Night, 1985. Loved it. It's a great time without being overly gory or overly really kind of overly scary. Um, but it's, it's highlighted by the characters. I think the characterizations are fantastic. The acting is very good. Roddy McDowell, who plays the uh, main character, who hosts basically a, a late night ghoul show, uh, where he can uh, defeat ghouls and whatever ghosts and whatever is going on. He also, of course, was in. Uh, I he was in Time After Time that I have on my 1970s list. I think he's a very good actor. Oh, he's classic. Uh, yeah, not only that, Chris Sarandon, who plays the main vampire, who was in. Child's play that I mentioned before. Um, I I think he's related to Susan Sarandon. I believe that they're brother and sister. Maybe. Um, also included in the cast, Amanda Burst. If you remember, she's uh, Brewster's uh, girlfriend. She ended up on Married with Children. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, later on, uh, a very good actress. And of course, you cannot forget the little dorky kid, Stephen Jeffries plays a little Brewster, a little, uh, you know, sort of acne, uh, loser's voice. He he was in Fraternity Vacation, one of my favorite like cheesy 80s uh, summer flick things, but he totally reminds me of the Simpsons character, like the generic poking high school character on the Simpsons that works at Crusty Burger. Right. Would you like to try the new the new Crusty Burger with cheese? That's ninety nine cents for a limited time.
1: He's, he's a great monster too, and I I think he's uh, he's he was great great character. Loved
0: it, loved it. So definitely recommend that movie if you haven't seen it. Friday Night, nineteen eighty five. That's my number eighteen. DM. What do you got for number seventeen?
1: Let's see. Faces of Death two. Okay. Uh, just because. Um, it grossed me the fuck out when I saw it. Um, and you know, I can put it on a list as, as a horror film because it's, uh, a lot of it's fake. And, uh, a lot of the scene are, a lot of the scenes are, um, are actually just, uh, they're, they're fake. You know, they, the premise is supposed to be documentary, but there's a lot of the, the scenes that are, uh, created, uh, to set like Some of the scenes are sets. um, it's just uh it just it's just fucking gross and the guy who plays the host is uh he's great like he just he's just so deadpan and depressing uh, you know he he's just he's perfect for this movie and i don't know it's just gross and if you like gore and gross then it's you know it'll you'll love this movie cuz it's just it's just nasty and my friends and i fucking it was such a thrill to watch this cuz it, it it was like you had. It was like a test of your your adolescence as a teenage a tween and a teenage boy. Like, oh my god, did you watch Faces of Death? And that was a thing. Yeah, and it's it.
0: Totally agree. I, I had it on my nineteen. So the first one was on my nineteen seventies list. Like you said, it's kind of a rite of passage. Like if you're tough enough as a kid to sit through that and and take it. Um, I definitely don't have the second one on my list, but it's was very popular. I believe it as, as the third one as well, so it was a very popular franchise back in the day. Um, number 17 for me, I really, really like this. I don't know too many people that have seen this movie, but it was distributed by Paragon, uh, a distribution company called Paragon, yeah. who did, uh, and I'm going to go ahead and say this other movie too, because I know I said this movie, you hadn't heard of it. Uh, it's a very popular 80s, early 80s horror movie called Gates of Hell. Uh, the Witching oh. with Orson Welles, um, the Paragon—they—they—they—they they, they, they absolutely were a distribution company that, if you watch Quentin Tarantino movies with how he parodies 1970s production, yeah, this is absolutely 100%. He's parodying parodying a company like this and their production value. Basically, what they would say uh, during one of their movies, which DM, I put the title up with a, a little story that I wrote. Back in the day, about uh, you know, I've talked about it before. Uh, slumber, not uh, slumber, but uh, boarding house. Board, boarding house,
1: boarding house. A boarding house,
0: yes, yes, Yeah, So what they did during this during boarding house is they said this is a movie so shocking that we don't that we don't want you to have a heart attack. So we will do this when a shocking moment comes, and it basically just a hand comes out and goes from like a fist to an open to an open palm. Oh. And the little noise comes out and goes like and you're supposed to look away if you don't want to see the shocking nice. moments. So like totally is a is a classic nineteen seventies, nineteen eighties production company. And the, this movie is probably the best of all of the movies that they distributed. And it is not cheesy, it is not cheap, it is fantastic. It's called Just Before Dawn. I highly recommend this movie, it's a little bit Deliverance, Uh, it's a little bit Texas Chainsaw Massacre, takes place out in the woods, there's some beautiful photography in Oregon, uh, out the woods and these waterfalls, and these beautiful lakes. Uh, The opening scene, by the way, is kind of legendary, not to mention, it's, I want to say two things, the beginning scene and the soundtrack basically is a whistle. And that's it. It goes, I'm sort of if I can do this over the phone, but... Wow. And basically what it is, is there's a, a backwards cannibal family that that's how they communicate with each other, is by whistles. And that's a part of the soundtrack. And I think it's absolutely brilliant. The opening scene comes out and it's basically two two guys, Two one of them's a drunk uh, who survives at least a while. Another one is a guy comes in, it's a very famous scene, spoiler alert, uh, they go to a church and I guess there's been some, uh, something's happening at a church where they got called to try to restore it a little bit, uh, there's some damage done to a church. Guy walks in and he, uh, there's some great lines, uh, great connections to, these guys are hunters and they're not very good. They have, when they supposedly, they're not good shots, they're not good with knives. So when they go after these animals, I guess the animals have to suffer a lot because they, one shot would never do it. Two shots, they joke around about how, how many, how long it takes them to kill an animal when they hunt it. So they are the first ones that get hunted by the killers, and I think that's uh, it's not a coincidence that that's the way that the director uh, starts this movie. And there's a great line where the drunk comes out and stands at the, um, oh boy, I forgot what they call it. It's a podium basically for a priest to make a speech. Yeah. Um, and he says, "I am bringing back the Holy Spirits," and he laughs and he holds up a big bottle of booze. And as he does, he looks up at the ceiling and sees one of these backward maniacs there. And the other guy just thinks he's drunk. Now, again, the spoiler alert scene right now, spoiler alert, um, one of these guys comes out and kills one of the two, and it's a big, huge machete. Before Jason starts using machetes, it was 1981, and it goes right through his point, basically. All the way to the other side, he slowly... He puts it in, then he slowly pulls it back out, and it's wow. just horrific, and it's something where you can feel that the guy is uh, uh, limping around afterwards for a couple of minutes before he dies, what a horrific way, and that sets the stage for this whole movie, and throughout the movie, you'll hear whistles, and nobody knows what it is, and that basically asks what it is. Anyway, just before dawn, uh, 1981, highly recommend it. Love the movie. Nice. TM, um, what is your selection for... Bring it up there now. What are we at? Number 16.
1: Yes. 16, The Shining.
0: Oh, wow. Okay.
1: Um,
0: uh, this is all you on this one.
1: Classic. Jack Nicholson plays, you know, a classic uh, classic guy who loses his shit. Um you know, tries to kill his family. You got the Red Room. So, spoiler alert, there's a Red Room scene with a little boy. Um, Shelly Duvall, spoiler alert, uh, great, she plays a great scream queen. And uh, I guess Stanley Kruger, uh fucked her up where she stopped acting after this. Like, and I've seen, I've seen pictures, or uh, I've seen, you know, pictures of her now, and uh, he did a number on her, man. It's just, uh, it's, it's actually kind of sad, but, um, but if you look, li- and, and, Stephen King didn't like this version either, I think. I think he, right, absolutely. He was, he was very upset about it, but it's classic. Um, I, you know, I, it's, Stephen King's great. I, I never read the book, but, uh, you can tell me if this happens, but, like, I love the fact that, like, all the spirits in the mansion are like racist old 1920s, like white people that like, yep. uh, and, and and I think that's kind of like what he was doing on purpose. It's uh, talking about that, you know, just how people were back in the day, how they, you know, how they treated, uh, how they, how they did, uh, Scatman Crothers yet again, another great performance by him. Um, it just, uh, it's just classic and it's just, it's just, it's just fucking bizarre. Uh, it's, you know, it's just, it's a classic horror f- thriller. Um, I mean, it's been so, it's been, uh, it's been, I'm not always ripped, uh, not always ripped off, but just honored. Like it's just, uh, there's so many people and so many generations of people, uh, different generations that love it, you know, and it's just, uh, it's up there. I, did he get an Academy Award for that, Jack Nicholson?
0: No, he wasn't even nominated, I don't believe.
1: Oh, he should have because, like, he just loses his shit, and it's it's amazing, you know, that it's... uh Isn't it, like, it's basically like he gets cabin fever, right? Like, severe cabin fever. Yeah, yep, absolutely. And it just, you know, it's this huge mansion in the middle of nowhere uh, in the snowstorm, and... um just I don't know, Jack Nicholson, man, when he's when he's on and he's he you know, he plays a good psychopath, like just loses his shit.
0: Yeah, love it. Um I'll have more to say about that later. Um my number sixteen is well, there's a lot of Stephen King here. Uh is one of my favorite short stories of his. Um I'm trying to think of the name. It's called Cycle of the Werewolf is the short oh. story. And I love it to death. Uh, no pun, well, pun intended. Um, the movie is 1985. It's Silver Bullet. Oh yeah. Uh, it stars yeah. a young, yeah, young Corey Haim. Um, there are some certainly some differences between the book and the movie, and it's hard to do these. I mentioned it earlier, DM. It's hard to do these without. Give me some spoilers. I mean, it really is. I mean, so I'll, we'll just try to not give away maybe the main twist and the ending. But otherwise, you'd expect to hear a lot about these these movies. Um, Wait, maybe could,
1: Gary Busey's in it, right?
0: Yeah, I was about to talk about the the cast after I uh, talked about. We might actually put. Maybe we'll put a list. And YouTube will number these one through sure. three. We'll try to we'll try to do that so that if you want to see our list without listening to the specific scenes, go ahead. Uh, but yeah, you mentioned Gary Busey, man. He was fantastic playing the drunk uncle in this. Loved it. Um, loved the fact that he, he was so funny in this movie too, uh, where he was the only one who half believed um, that there's a. This was actually a, a werewolf that was committing some murders in a small town. Um, and the relationship too, one thing that's very different about the book in the book, first of all, Corey Haynes' character doesn't come until maybe halfway through the book and the he doesn't have they do not highlight the relationship between him and his sister the same way nearly at all of the book that Stephen King does, which to be honest with you is is really a lot more graphic, gory, and scarier. This was made into a kind of a PG thirteen yeah. movie, but I'll tell you what, man, the, the damn werewolf was very well done. I thought of all the werewolf movies in the nineteen eighties, I thought it was very well done. Uh, yeah. My my guy Terry Oakley, I mentioned him earlier. He plays the bar. Does he play? Is he the bar? No, he's the parent. He's a parent of a child that gets taken down by a werewolf. Uh, but there's a great scene in the movie where the town. Goes after the werewolf, and it's nothing but like London fog. It's all of a sudden a tree transport to London, and they're they're out like in the, in the mist and the fog. Right. Um. And there's a great there's great scenes where they're trying to go after the werewolf. Uh, I'm not going to say who the werewolf is. We'll just say uh, the guy who you end up knowing who it is is great. Um. Uh, he tries to sort of. Um, justify the killings by, you know, like one woman is, is uh, pregnant out of wedlock and is is not with the man that she got pregnated by. He picks her. He actually picks his victims rather than just having to eat anybody that happens upon his way for the most part. Yeah. Some of it, of course, is by uh, convenience, but um love the movie. I, I'll tell you what, Corey Haim, was, uh, I don't think it's just, um, you know, the Hollywood design. I think he was a damn good, uh, child actor. I think yeah. he's great in this movie. I love him. Um, yeah. So I mean, I'm not sure if there's too many, too many other things I can say about it, but very well done movie. Uh, it's 13. If you're a parent out there, if you have kids, I believe that you can watch. I mean, I think I saw it when I was 11 years old. It didn't give me nightmares. So, uh um, if you have a, a young kid, maybe not five or six, but a young teenager, I think they can watch this without getting too many um, nightmares. So anything else you want to say about uh, Silver Bullet DM? Uh,
1: I forgot to put it on my list, but yeah, it's another classic werewolf movie. Um, you know, I like I like it's the story, I like the premise, I like the cast. It's a good movie.
0: Cool. All right, so what do you got? is your number 15 selection?
1: John Carpenter's the thing. Okay. Just classic um just strange, you know, it's 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 a classic John Carpenter movie. Um Kurt Russell's great in. It. The fucking entire cast is amazing. Um I just love Kurt Russell's character um with the ponch or the uh the uh the old school ha- like a mail delivery person, you know. Uh, from the you know old cowboy hat um and just how the monster is and how it you know it's an alien how uh you know it's like uh you know it becomes a thriller because then it, you know it's spoiler like um because of how the monster is, nobody knows who's who's infected or whatever uh right. takes place and I love the fact it takes place in I believe it's Antarctica. Uh yep. they're, they're a research team. Um, like you said, great cast. Uh uh Keith David. Um, fucking classic, one of my favorite actors. Uh what the fuck? Um man, all of, it's just a good cast. It's a good story. Uh, I, I don't know what more to say about it. It's just, you know, love John Carpenter yeah. and it's just one of those movies I saw and it freaked me out because it was like the sound they use, the scoring was amazing, um, the special effects are great. It's just, you know, I, the monster, it's just so unique because it's alien. Uh, it's one of the first movies I've seen of its kind where it's like an alien monster and um, they, you know, and even... They 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 you know in the early two thousands they they had a sequel and then where they go back and then uh, they also had a video game I think that was a they came out with that was a prequel that led that up that was cool and I love the fact they started they did that and it and it and it gives the the fan of the of the movie um, insight on you know how things happened and and it just it's great I love it it's fine I like the sequel too so yeah it's good. Yeah.
0: Okay, I I like that as well. You gotta love John Carpenter. Uh, My number 15 is from another magnificent director. It is a remake, one of the best remakes of all time. Uh, The movie, the director is David Cronenberg. Wow. Absolutely fantastic. You talk about a guy that's had an unbelievable career. I uh, can't say enough about this guy. So many great movies. So many different weird, odd movies that he's yeah. done. So, the movie, the remake, of course, is The Fly, 1986. Um, some really, again, it's questionable whether or not it's horror. It's probably more sci fi. I loved the original, with Vincent Price back in the 50s. Uh went back and saw the original. Uh, in the last year or two, The uh, Fly 1 and 2. This one is great. There's some real disgusting, uh, more graphic scenes of him as he's starting to turn into The Fly. Great classic cast, Jeff Goldblum and Gina Davis, who is probably a very underrated actress. I think mean, she's done many good parts. Um, yeah, when I say underrated, I don't know. Maybe she... Uh, actually, as, as just as I said this, I'm thinking... Maybe she could have got into character a little bit more in this movie, but uh, I haven't—I really haven't seen it in a long time. I'm trying to look here, um, I don't really have too much else to say about
1: *The Fly*. It's great. Uh, uh, it's uh, the transformation's great. Jeff Goldblum is one of my favorite actors, especially character actors. Uh, this is one of his classics—classic uh, roles. Uh, David Cronenberg is like great because his his shit is just it's bizarre. It's like I, I don't know. It's like he combines. He's like a he's a horror sci-fi guy, so he combines both. Um, I I don't know what to say. I, I mean, it's just great, you know. And it's it's a great remake. Uh, I like the way it the way he did it. I don't know. Just.
0: Yeah. Um, one last thing I would say is that I almost included. In our 1970s, I almost included the movie The Brood, um, which was a very weird movie about these little, uh, not demonic, but these mutant children that are created. And he must really have hated, if you ever see this movie, he must have really hated his ex wife. He was going through a divorce at the time. Um, it's, if I was his kid, I'd probably be a very offended. Right. Uh, by, by him making the, the children of this woman, these little mutant pricks who are murderers. Right. Anyway, uh, that's Dave Cronenberg. He is a friggin' weirdo. By the way, you know what's funny is that I heard a story, I believe it was Cronenberg, I believe it was him, he went to Boston University with the lead singer, he was the roommate of the lead singer for the Jay Giles band, uh, <laughs> Wolf, nice. and Peter Wolf, and Peter Wolf was so freaked out by him, he said, you know what, get me the F out of this guy's room. I have to, like, get me a new roommate. This guy's weird. Um, great stories so with David Cronenberg, Canadian uh, filmmaker. I think he's great. All right, so number 14, uh, DM, what is your selection?
1: American Werewolf in London. Excellent. This is another classic werewolf horror movie. Uh, I I thought it was... Not only the good horror movie but it was like uh, there was actually the writings really good because it uh, and spoiler alert, but it uh, it focuses a lot on the the repercussions of your your actions so to speak um, and and spoil another spoiler alert uh, but the scene where they're in the theater and he keeps I'm just gonna I'm just talk shit up because it's great, but, uh, and it was different. And, you know, it's in London. So it's like, it's great, different perspective. Um, the look of the, the wolf I thought was interesting cause it's more, it's more four legged. It doesn't walk on two feet. Uh, it's, it's a savage, you know, uncontrollable, the transformation scene yet again, they, they, you know, they, they took from the howling, I believe. Uh, and, but the guy, you know, the the transformation's great, the cast is great, um, the, you know this uh, the the premise is great, uh, but there's a scene where like you know they're sitting in a I think it's a porno theater because that was back in the day when they had that, uh, and and he's talking to like the spirits of of the people that you know that he murdered the main character um, and. The the scene where he's being trapped in downtown London, and um, it's just great. And it and the way they did it was like he was scared. the The werewolf was scared of the humans, and so he just fled like like a dog or an animal. You know, just uh, you know, you think he would just charge in front, you know, and attack, but he he just you know uh, he's went in survival mode. And and then they killed him. And it, it just was a good take on a werewolf movie. Classic.
0: Yeah. Yep, dig it. I dig it as well. Um, I didn't even mind. They did a sequel in the 90s. I think American Werewolf in Paris, which wasn't that bad. Um, all right, my number 14 movie, uh, I dig this one. It's the second film by Kevin F. Tunney. In my list, it's 1986, Pitchboard, um, starring the hot, hot, hot Tony Katayn. Uh, she's fan- she very good in this movie it also stars a guy from General Hospital of all of all characters his name is Stephen Nichols hmm. uh, he is fantastic in this movie um, better actually even than the main star but it's of course about a Ouija board you can't go wrong when you're talking about a Ouija board I think the, the spirit that they summon in this movie is fantastic Uh, The actor who plays the 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 demon is great, and that the name Mal not Mal Havoc. I think that's that's the Super Friends. Uh, What is the name of the of the of the of the malevolent demon? Let me let me tell you. I'll be able to find this. Uh, Mal. Mal Fader. I know it was a Mal something. Anyway, fantastic. There's some great dream sequences in here uh, for all the for all you perverts like me. Great, great uh, shower scene with Tawny Katane. Um, and also, too, the side characters, uh, there's a girl in here, Zerabeth Kathleen Wilhoite. She plays a clairvoyant uh, who is great, and I've seen her in, in many other movies. I'm not sure if she was in Pretty in Pink, or she was a, a, a 80s character actress that was in a lot of teenage films. But I love it. I love the scenes. There's um, plot twists that I'm not going to give away. There's people that die in the movie that you wouldn't think would die. Um, I love when that happens, because one of the cheesy things is when you watch a horror movie, you can pretty much plot out from the beginning. This person lives, this person dies, this person gets, or this person right. doesn't. Anytime you have a horror movie that likes to upend that and leaves you guessing as to who is actually gonna live or die. I really take that. Um, so this movie is is a big, big up for me. I'll tell you what, I actually saw this movie again maybe a year ago and I was freaking scared. I'm mm. not even kidding. When I watched this movie, maybe it was two years ago. I saw it and it gave me and I was alone, you know, in my place and I got shivers a little bit and I was kind of it has a little bit of you know, some of those scenes that turn around the corner and all of a sudden, there's you know death is waiting for you, and it is the uh, thriller. It huh. is uh, has some very good suspenseful scenes. I definitely recommend Witchboard if you like horror movies. That is my number fourteen selection. Nice. Uh, did you see that? No, I
1: okay, but I've seen the the cover. I'll never forget the cover. Um, I actually knew what you were talking about when you said it right away, but I just have i have actually never seen the phone.
0: Yeah. Uh, also, too, I do have to give some praise to the writer. Kevin Tunney also wrote that. He actually did his research on Ouija boards and how you conduct what you, how spirits, if they do come through a Ouija board, if that is true, I, I would be highly skeptical. But things to do when you're using a Ouija board, how you shouldn't use a Ouija board. Oh, Um and all of the people that do believe in it, these are some classic ways of how to use it and how to not to use it. He is very uh to the T as far as uh uh the stylings of the Ouija board and mistakes that people make with it and results of the mistakes. Anyway. Um
1: all
0: right, Dan, what do you got for number thirteen?
1: Reanimator.
0: Oh, that is super classic. Super clear. Almost had it on my list. Didn't, but it is a cl- absolute stone cold classic.
1: It's just fucking weird. And yet again, the guy who plays the lead character—he's <clears throat> a great actor, great character actor, great horror—you know—actor. Um, just, just really bizarre. Uh, it's almost comical uh, because the main—you know—the the science—the sci- the main. Like, the guy's, I think he's the main, the main character's mentor uh, is the person that's brought back, and it's just so, like, it's just so strange and, like, over the top, and I love it, because back in the day, it was claimed to be banned in, like, all these different countries. Right. Uh, very gory. Very gory, but it's just, to me, it was just very bizarre and odd, and uh, I think that's what the appeal was, and... Um, I don't know. I just liked it, and I thought it was a, a good story. Um, I don't know if it's a if it's taken from an actual story, you know, written a classic. Um, I want to say it is, but I'm not sure. But you know, whoever listens, well, you know, Frankenstein, right? I mean, I guess yeah. It's it's another you know uh, interpretation of Frankenstein. Uh, but i thought more specifically hg wells Not hg wells it's, it's it's it feels like somebody wrote this story and then they just made it you know adapt it into a film but anyway good movie classic my uh one of my first girlfriends at the time showed it to me and she was a, she was a real freak um so <laughs> I remember, uh, no i meant like she just she was into that shit she was into you know she had an uh kind of an interest in like dark magic and all that. She wasn't practicing That's English. what I meant. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh I didn't mean like sexually, I didn't but uh and you know, so she it, it just I'll never forget because we watched at her house with her stepbrother who her foster brother who she was like hooking up with too. It was weird. But uh Wow Yeah, yeah. Um so yeah, it's just uh it's classic and um yeah, I liked it. So pretty much it.
0: Cool. That reminds me a little bit of Hellraiser. That I didn't have it on my list, but only because I I saw it when I was young. I didn't see it again. Um, didn't hit me over the head when I was a kid. But I I see a lot of these lists of best horror movies, and a lot of people have it on their list. Right. So um, definitely is, is is a common horror movie in the in the top lists of the '80s. So. Um, We've got number 13. Okay. Um, I don't know again. I don't know if this is a horror movie. I found it kind of horrific when I was a kid. Uh, The movie is, uh, first of all, it stars one of my favorite actors. Well, when I say one of my favorite actors, I'm sure he's passed on and it's been years since he's done stuff. But he could really play a creepy character so well. Maybe underrated, but the name of the actor is Rutger Howard. Oh, yeah. Uh, the name of the film is The Hitcher,
2: 1986.
0: Yes. Uh, C. Thomas Howell, it's a road, oh, I think it's considered a road thriller, thriller movie, maybe a little bit horror movie, uh, probably one of the only good movies that C. Thomas Howell did, ironically, the same year is what he made his, one of the worst movies of all time, probably, I think, is uh, boy, the one where he dresses up in blackface because of... Oh, man. Uh, Soul Man, yeah. Getting um, to get college—that <laughs> fucked his career up, dude. Like he, him trying to play a, of all the kids trying to play a black kid. Hey, brother. And he like, oh, oh my god, god. dude. It's
2: yeah. A, um, yeah. <laughs> it was
0: really bad. So this was really good. If you haven't seen it, um, again, it's, it's a good Who Done It. Um, Jennifer Jason Lee, How about that? I yeah. can't remember her in that, but she was in that. Um, it's a good Who Done It. There's some a few plot twists along the way. He loses the guy, then the guy finds him. So it's a great. Um, actually, as I look at it, it was a it was a flop when it first came out. They spent eight million dollars to make it, and only made six. It was an enormous hit uh, in the rentals, VHS rentals. Oh, yeah. um, I must have seen it a million times. So anyway, uh, my number thirty my number 13 movie, uh uh-oh, ooh, number 13, is The Hitcher. Um, DM, what do you have for your number 12?
1: I have The Fog, John Carpenter. Love it. Classic. Just, uh, I, you know, uh, great story, scary, great cast. I, I don't know, the whole premise is great. I like, you know, it's, Another story where um, I guess you could say it's a—it's just one of those. It's a—it's just basically a story of of uh, some people who are, you know, uh, a ship that had been. What is it like? It's basically like a a ship, like a a, a captain and his crew get they get murdered, right? Or am I correct? Yeah, well,
0: they- I think that they were, um, it has to do with the church. The church supposedly sent a message to them telling them where to dock and when they told them where to dock was a, was a rocky area that if there were storms, I think they, they got shipwrecked. Um, but I don't think that the, I don't think they were innocent. I think they were, uh, somehow the church was involved with them financially maybe. And okay. I'm not sure sure if somebody swam out and took their gold. It has to do with the uh the priest it has something to do with the church taking their money, I believe. Right. Uh, the church was in and on it with the pirates. Right. Um it's, they definitely wanted revenge on the church.
1: It's a revenge flick and it's like it's basically another it's a flick where it's like unsettled business and then when they finally like fix the problem, then you realize, you know, um, That, oh, okay, like, they just needed, like, to be, uh, not forgiven, but they they just needed to fix the problem that initially started this whole thing. But the whole idea of, like, using fog in these, in the ghosts or spirits, um, you know, vengeful spirits, using fog as, like, their, their cover or whatever, fucking great, man. Like, you just, uh, and it takes over this little sea-bearing town, uh, and I I just liked it, and I just scared the shit out of me. Like John Carpenter is great because uh, his movies generally like I don't know, it's like some of them are gory, but for the most part, it's like the story and then how he films it, and the and the like the situation that the characters are in usually, and it's just he's just classic man. I just uh, I don't know man, I just Fucking amazing, so...
0: Yeah, not to mention, uh, we have to do something sci-fi because with John Carpenter, I friggin' love Escape from New York. I friggin' love it so much. One of my favorite 80s movies. What I love is uh, Adrienne Barbeau, who actually uh, turned out to be his wife. Uh, I think he he married her. She was in The Fog. She was was in Escape from New York. Of course, she was from Maude in the 1970s, that TV show. I think she's a very good actress. She was... um, yeah very good actress uh very good movie too. It is creepy. It's got a little surprise ending for you um I definitely take that movie.
1: i love it, but another movie I watched at night uh was on t v uh at you know late at night it was like a ten p m uh flick um classic though and uh, great you know John Carpenter is probably. Of all time, you know, one of my favorite uh film scores as well, like composers. Like he's Right. He just unbelievable fucking how he does that. So yeah. Yeah.
0: Um also loved playing the priest, one of my favorite character actors, Hal Holbrook.
1: Yeah,
2: classic. Um,
0: who was yeah, in a number of films. Uh the firm actually with Tom Cruise, he was excellent on that. Anyway, okay, so number um What are we on here? Number 12. We're getting up there. Number 12, and it's a franchise. I had mentioned a film previously. This is my favorite film of the franchise. Uh, It is Friday the 13th, but not the original. I did not put the original on my list, which is, of course, extremely controversial. Maybe it's the best movie. Yeah, maybe it is the best movie, the original. Um, If you have it on there... I certainly would like to say a few things about it, that I did like because I do. I had a feeling that it's on everybody's list. I think that there's other movies besides the first one that are very good that don't get mentioned on the top list. So my favorite, the scariest one to me, is the Final Chapter Part Four. Oh. Um, this one has, I believe, without a doubt, the best cast. I mean, oh. you're talking about uh, Crispin Glover plays the the dorky kid who. Oh. Uh, comes out and does this great dance. Um, the, the females in it are ridiculous. I mean, let's talk about this beautiful cast. Uh, Judy Aronson plays one of the girls who was in Weird Science, one of the two girls that hooks oh, up with Anthony yeah. Michael Hall, the other guy, guy from Weird Science. She's tremendous. She was a, just a total babe. Um, also in the film was, well, I'm going to have to go to this guy's name is Lawrence Monison. was actually in a film that I really dug called The Last American Virgin.
2: Oh, wow.
0: Yeah, he played the main character. I thought that was such a cool teenage movie. It was a total remake of an Italian, uh, which, if you remember some of the scenes, it makes sense, but there's a they're delivering a pizza to Ch- Charo, or something like that. Yeah. Okay, that's a, anyway, great. It was a really cool film. He's in this as well. Um, you got Peter Barton, and like I mentioned earlier, there's a guy in Bridgeport that ended up to be a star from General Hospital. Peter Barton ended up to be a star in one of them, All My Children, something. One of those. Uh, he's in another movie actually, further up on my list. Um, it just keeps going and going. Um, Corey Feldman again tremendous. Yeah. Uh, talk about a great kid actor. We mentioned Corey Haim. Corey Feldman has to be one of the greatest child actors um, ever, I right. think. Uh, he did so many. He was great in the Goonies. He was great in I Apologize if this is on your list, DM. Um, but the, the Stand By Me, I don't think the, I don't think that's a horror movie. But, no, but he's
1: a great um, actor and I felt for his character and like, yeah, it is
0: it's um, great. Great writing. And, uh, boy, a, another one, I, again, you don't have to mention this if it's on your list, Lost Boys. Uh, I don't have it on my list, only because I don't think it's scary enough. But, um, anyway, Friday 13, Friday 4, there's a great, one thing I like about this so much is, with all the Friday 13s, I love the cinematography. I love the fact that it's dark out in the woods. Right. I can't stand, like, in the 90s... Um, What became a big proponent of horror movies in the 90s was not like a wide angle, wide lens. It became sort of this sort of constant, like there was Cloverfield, there was the other one where the kids are missing in the woods, that big one from the end of the 90s. the witch, the Blair Witch, something where it's like it's constantly following feet and legs, and the camera's turning left and right, yeah. and everything is super up close. I I hate that. I hate yeah. that look. I hate that filming style. What I like about Friday the Thirteenth, everything is at a distance. Uh, sometimes they're filming from the killer's point of view. Sometimes it's uh, sometimes it's not, but it's it's back far enough where you can see the whole scene. You can see the woods. You can see the camp. You can see the lake. You can see. Everything. I, I really like that style of filming, uh, which is why I like 80s and 70s horror movies so much more than the newer ones. Anyway, another character I loved is this sort of renegade um, guy that's... And you think about Friday the 13th, how many deaths can... How many people can Jason kill before these the, the some of the families of these people start coming after him? Right, yeah. Never. So one of the characters is a vigilante whose sister was killed in the second one. Ah. He comes and he's like, I'm here to revenge, avenge my sister. And he's a great character. The character is uh, Rob Deere. Um, anyway, love ah. it. I love the girls. I love Trish Jarvis. The introduction, of course, to Tommy Jarvis, who creates another element to the Friday the 13th series. Love it. Love the fact that Tommy Jarvis is a comic book freak and a horror movie freak. Not to mention the fact that boy, the special effects. Who is the who is the guy? The guy that does all those damn special effects. I'm trying to see right now. I can't believe they don't name him way up in this. this the guy? He played He was in Dust Till Dawn. The guy that had the, the
1: oh, little gum came out of the. He's a Tarantino hair. guy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He was the guy that did the the, um, the character, made the horror makeup and the special effects. God dang it. I gotta I gotta find this guy.
1: No, he's, he's I didn't he's know who he, I didn't know who he was. Like I didn't know until later. Tommy Savini, um,
0: Savini Tom Savini. He's great. Yo, his kill scenes are unbelievable. Um, there's a scene with Jason in there that is so super awful and gory at the I'm not gonna give it away at the end, but you've gotta watch it. It is so scary um, go ahead what are you gonna say DM?
1: no i just uh i'm waiting to i'm waiting to comment on friday the thirteenth like' cause i i have i have my choices but yeah i I have to agree i mean i i saw those uh and uh yeah so love
0: the darkness love the woods right. uh love jason as a killer. The hockey mask, the machete. Alright, right, so that's number twelve. DM, what do you have for number
1: eleven? Uh well I'm gonna do a this is a three deal, uh three package, three piece. Gotcha. Uh poltergeist one, two and three. Uh loved it. Um I think they just you know, they're great. Uh continuous stories, great cast. Um it was uh uh I liked the how it it was a unique uh ghost story uh, it's a different kind of ghost um, gory gross um, the filming of it there's controversy over uh, the the star actress uh, who died the little little girl the blonde hair um, Heather something I believe um, uh, they used real in the first one they used uh, real they they were allowed to they were given permission to use real bones. From a uh, cemetery, or was it was it a cemetery? Um, but they used real bones, uh, you know, for the surgery. Probably not
0: from a cemetery. Okay, probably from they, a hospital or,
1: right, right, or something. Right, right. A more... Something like that. Um, like, good cast, uh, good story. Um, the the little woman who played uh, the... Uh, she oh, was, she's great. The clairvoyant? The clairvoyant. She's classic actress. Um, it was the first time that, um, I had seen a, uh, a team of ghost hunters in a movie and like, you know, cause every time you watch a ghost movie before that, it was like, well, there's a ghost and either it's going to kill me or drive me insane or fuck with me or have sex, you know, try to, try to rape the person or whatever. But, uh, this is a different one and, uh, it just, I don't know, I can't say enough and, um, you know the second one. Good cast again. Um, the special effects. You're gonna
0: die. You're gonna
1: die, old the, man. The old man. He just want to fucking. You know. You just want to. he just want to be like, well, I'm gonna fucking. i will cut his fucking head off. Like you just, you know, like he, he's there. <laughs> he can't come. You know, he. Like it's based. You know, then you then you look up and you find the history that uh, of of the ghosts then the the guy I like the shaman character uh I like the guy who plays the shaman he's a really good actor um I'm trying to think what else oh the first one's funny cuz it's like I noticed a lot of these horror movies um how they uh a lot of characters like smoke joints like that's a thing because it was like the 70s and early 80s and it was uh it was like it was pretty acceptable back then uh before Reagan really kicked in that don't say no shit with uh, Nancy Reagan, but um the third one I know' what you one. mean the parents the parents got high, right the mom the mom I don't know I don't know if the dad did, but the mom did, and what's great is it's classic because back in the day, you know, like stoners had roach clips with like you know feathers, and then uh and then. She had a roach trip with the feather and a in a fucking cigar box. Like everybody's, all these stoners throughout history, especially from the '60s, there's always like there's you know if your parents or your friends or whoever had got high, they always had a c- cigar box for some reason. And then you see all the utensils, but classic. Um, the second one's like just a continuation. Third one's great because it takes place in Chicago at the Hancock. So every time I see the Hancock. Uh, building, I'm thinking, oh, they, that's where they filmed uh, Poltergeist 3.
0: Interesting. So you got uh, all three, we're talking about 11, 10, and 9, going into the top 10. Um, I'll tell you what, I'll talk about this too because that's technically my number 11 was Poltergeist. Cool. Cool. Um, Kobe Hooper, of course, of uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Salem's classic. Lot, continues his onslaught of fantastic horror movies into the 1980s. Um, the most, one of the most classic scenes in all horror movies is the clown scene, of course.
2: Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh,
0: where it comes alive, the tree scene as well, with the little right? kid, uh, where it goes into his room. Um, yeah, this is a very good. I'll tell you what, dude. This this film met some controversy. Besides of course, Heather O'Rourke, who played the little blonde girl, died early. Uh, and there's lots of people on the film on the set, like Exorcist, but experienced some uh, some events, traumatic events after the filming of the movie or during. Um but this was an enormous, enormous hit, besides the fact that Steven Spielberg, who hired Toby Cooper, who's obviously a very large ego, Tried to kind of take credit for the movie more than the director. Really, he tr- he tried to say basically others oh, was behind, and actually the Motion Picture Administration uh, Association got involved and told him to retract his statement in a paper in the LA Times. I think. Wow. Um, yeah, because he he kind of overstepped his boundaries. Um, anyway, a, a very good movie, and, and the controversy, of course, as well as that. This movie ended up being a PG movie, which prompted PG-13 ratings a few years afterwards. Um, this movie, as well as Gremlins, were two movies that were... This was more scary. It wasn't gory, but I can remember at all. But Gremlins did get kind of gory. There was kind of a lot of death. Great fucking movie, by the way. Yeah. Um, which, you know, it, it, again, it did prompt this PG-13 rating. Jaws, I believe, was PG back in the day. So it's amazing how many movies as a kid you could see when you were younger. I saw Guys at the movie theater when I was eight years old. Wow. Uh, which is kind of young. Oh, um, out of me. Yeah. To be honest with you, I have to be honest, it didn't really scare me as much as seeing some other things on screen when I was a kid. Um, and I, I do have to be a little bit honest. I think that maybe this movie is higher up on other lists. Through the years it's kind of gone down a little bit for me as far as level of scary but I don't think you can argue with the fact that it's a massive hit Um, and um, it was a very good movie. Um, So what I'll do is I'll go ahead believe it or not, I I screwed up with my list and I don't think I had a number nine. I went back and I renumbered some things and I, coming to look at it, I believe I skipped number nine. So, oh, okay. uh, DM, if it's okay with you, I was going to go into my number ten.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, as long as we're done with Pulitzer, guys. Okay, let me get going. I'm old Wikipedia. So the movie that you mentioned earlier that's really high on my list, it's a movie that, when you start wa- first started watching the movie, you think this is the cheesiest, most low-budget, cheap horror movie and you're thinking how is this ever going to scare me um, there's some real weird scenes in it and it takes place at a summer camp where the, the summer camp, head of the summer camp some pervert who's flirting with like 12 year old girls or 14 year old girls the cook is in it laughs and thinks it's funny there's some real surreal scenes where you're like is this a movie from a different decade, or is this like a different universe? It's just kind of, it's kind of weird. But when it sett- settles in about halfway through, it grips you until it culminates into what I consider the most shocking ending that I've ever seen in a horror movie, which what you mentioned before, Sleepaway Camp. Um, The beginning is 1983. The beginning of the movie starts out, the third person who plays the mom, first of all, there's two kids that they're killed. Uh, daughter and a son uh, one of them is killed there's, there's two kids, one is killed you see a daughter, a mother dressing her, she's got a dress she's got her hair, the mother's playing with her makeup and stuff the mother is the first creepy part about the movie she is extremely skinny, extremely bony looks like someone that's been through a horrible traumatic experience and basically refuses to eat and doesn't sleep uh, very well. Uh, that that character is great, but some of the other characters in the movie are just really not developed too well. And some of the rioting here, again, during the of course of the movie, you're like, eh, this is this good? Is it not good? An interesting uh, fact: the director, writer-director Robert Hiltzik, did this movie. Never did another movie again. He did this movie and retired from movie making. Became a prominent New York lawyer. Huh. Uh, and they have tried they did some sequels to this movie and they did some uh, I'm not sure if they've already done remakes or they're going to do them but this is something that I remember going to the, the movie uh, the VHS movie store it was a big deal when you're a kid yeah people of course remember Blockbuster to get discs to get uh, DVDs it was so huge going to the VHS store of the movie store, movie, whatever, I forget if there was a specific name for it, but um, nobody said VHS back in the day. Everyone thought when VHS came out, everyone thought that's just the way these are going to be done, until DVDs came out. I remember going to the uh, the movie store when I was uh, 12 years old, 13, and I had some friends over, and it was after the last game in the summer. It was 1987, a few years after the movie came out. And a bunch of my friends came over for a big sleepover. There must have been, like, five other kids. Wow. And we started off the night watching Eddie Murphy Law. Laughter our nice. asses off. Absolutely loved it. My dad was sitting there watching the movies with us. He loved it. He cracked up. Then we watched Sleep Camp, and the mood of the room completely changed. Yeah. Um, and we, it was nighttime. I lived on a lake... I lived out in the woods, which didn't help watching Friday the 13th, any of these movies. Right. Um, I I talked about that when I talked about the Emmy before in our 70s list. But anyway, I'm not going to give away the ending, but I will say this. It is, it will be, etched in your brain. And, DM, you and I watched watched this movie together. It wasn't the first time we had seen it. I want to say, like, 2007. It was when I lived with A&A back in the day. and. Away. And you, you came over to my place, and we watched that, and we sat there, and it was as good as the first time I had watched it, yeah. which was 1987. The ending, we just sat there, and it was like, oh, my God. Um, so
1: fucked up.
0: That's as, yeah, that's as much as I'm going to say about it. I, I really don't want to give away anything else. I highly recommend, sit through the whole damn movie. It may yes. be like 20 minutes in, and you're like, this can't, this like isn't very good. It's to, sit through the, you will... Right. Thanks for yourself when you get done with it and it becomes one of the best horror movies you've ever seen. Okay, so that is number 10. I, I obviously somehow skipped number 9. and didn't include this. So let's go to number 8. GM, uh, what is your, we're in the top 10 now. What is your number 8 favorite horror movie from the 19th?
1: Well, I flipped it and uh, I'm going to have to say, well, the, okay, my I, the way I did it, the numbering, uh, it's not a matter of that I like something more and this and that. Um, I just made a list, but uh, I'd have to say the hitcher too. One of my favorite, um, one of my favorite thriller horror movies, because uh, Rudger Hauer is a freak and uh, he's an amazing actor, character actor, and uh, I just loved it. Like uh, this suspenseful, you know, this guy's fucking running around hitchhiking and he's preying on people and he literally like kills. He kills the whole hitchhiking experience, you know, if you're watching this, like, oh, my God, like, as a nut. That's exactly what happened. You know, just everything they say about, horror, you know, never picking up a hitchhiker, that guy fucking emulates it. So, I love it. Hitcher, You already said something about it, so, you know, I'm good. Gotcha.
0: Okay. Um, I'll tell you what. We're getting into number my number eight. This was probably the most underrated and unseen movie Because my next seven movies after this, I think everyone, that they're popular, they're scary, they're classics. Maybe except for my number six selection. Number eight is a kind of unknown horror movie that is so far up on my list. And I must have seen this movie 20 times. I've seen it recently. It's still awesome. It's called Hell Night. 1981, made by Tom D. Simone. Um, I know that some of the people that work on this movie, the guy who directed Shawshank Redemption and The Green Mile and The Mist, is some sort of cinematographer on this movie. Uh, there's some great people that work on it. Peter Barton, who was in Friday the 13th Part Four, stars in this movie. The main star, of course, is Linda Blair. Uh, she plays a teenage. This is basically people going into a sorority. They have to stay in this abandoned mansion overnight. Um, and things happen to them, obviously. There's a history to the house, a crazy family, a bunch of people were killed. By the way, people don't think that a a big mansion can be abandoned. My hometown where I grew up in, in Sturbridge, Massachusetts, we used to go to this abandoned when I was in high school. We'd go to this abandoned mansion to, to hang out, get high, maybe bring some girls or something like that. After school, and it, I guess it belonged to a drug dealer who abandoned the mansion. The story is is that the feds were on to him; they were closing in on him. He got a word from a uh, from a corrupt cop to get out of there, and he just up and left. Went to South America. Uh, in the 1970s, so in the late 80s and early 90s, well, bo- most, mostly the 90s, we went to this abandoned mansion and walked all the way up and down. There was an old swimming pool in the back, wow. and it was so cool to go through this entire mansion, and um, there was old record co- uh, covers from the 1970s lying over. There were some things that the guy left behind, and you could tell people had gone into this mansion and partied on. on, on. So this, to me, is completely believable, um, even though it's a very well-manicured Uh, sort of maze to get to the mansion. I can't say enough about this. Um, It is a total movie fraught with all kinds of suspenseful scenes. Um, Great soundtrack. Let me see if there's anybody else. It's this great gothic old house that they use for this. This tremendously high gate. Um, If you remember the guy from 8 is Enough, uh,
2: really
0: Dick Van Patten, oh, son, the love old him father, too.
1: great
0: actor. Yeah, his his son, Vincent Van Patten, is in this, and he's damn good. I don't know why I didn't end up hearing about him too much more about the, after this movie, but he's fantastic. Um, the the there's this great too. That the, one of the other main cast members is this British girl, who I, I actually looked her up on IMBD, She didn't do a damn thing. I think she went back to England after this movie. Huh. They left L.A., uh, Suki, Suki Goodwin uh, plays Denise Dunsmore. She's great, too. Uh, nothing but, like, kids getting high and drinking. There's, uh, there's some really good special effects in this movie. Uh, because it's made in the mansion, uh, there's a great, of course, main character is the killer. And by the way, there is a little bit of a whodunit to this. So as you're going through this, you get to the very end, you realize that you didn't know who was doing the killings, really. And it does specify, but not till the very end. Again, this is such a tremendous, atmospheric, great cinematography movie that really sets up. It's about as good. You talk about an old haunted house that's not really haunted, um, or at least not by dead spirits. Um, This is about as good as it gets. From beginning to end, I remember seeing this movie again, VHS style. We got it from the from the from the movie store. My whole family—my mom, my dad, me—we sat down and watched it on a summer night. Maybe when I was nine, ten years old, all of us, even my parents, were gripped to the movie and they were just like, "Wow!" and just like on the edge of our seats during the whole movie.
2: Nice.
0: I believe you can see it for free on YouTube. You gotta see it. If you are a horror movie fan. You have to watch this movie. You
1: have to, and that's
0: all I have to say about it. Cool. So, uh, yeah, let's go on to number seven. What is your number seven selection, for your uh, horror movie?
1: A uh, Evil Dead Two. Excellent. This cl- it's classic. Um, it's it's like it's I would put it also. It's a great horror movie. Um, I like it's scary, but then like, and I like the special effects. Uh, I like the cinematography. It's uh, it's it's low budget, but it's great because it's like you you it would be ruined if you you made this like a you know over the top high budget movie. Great um, Sam Raimi's classic Bruce Campbell, uh, just great story. Um, it was like my first exposure to the Necronomicon. Spoiler alert! That's in the movie of the book. That's a, that's a H. P. Lovecraft. Uh, reference, uh, the way the demons look, you know, spoiler alert, uh, classic, uh, the voice, you know, the voice changing of the demons, the small house in the cabin uh, in the middle of the woods. Um, What else? Uh, I mean, it's classic where he's like, I love it because uh, the main character, like he, he snaps the fuck out and attaches a fucking chainsaw to his arm and uh you know get the shotgun and it's so over the top i love it um but the the scene where they how they film the demon how it comes alive and how they you know they film it from its perspective and how they the the how they scored the sound was like new to me like it was a, it was it was exactly how you know i i felt those if if there was demons or how they sounded if they spoke that's exactly how uh, I am. I would imagine them I'm just real off. You know, like tonally, just deep and just just sounds like a record. You know, like a, a uh, like a slowed down record when you had back in the day. Yes. Good. Um, good comparison. I mean, it's just great special effects and like just like creative as fuck and like they had a lot of issues with it. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's funny because there's the previous one. It's the same exact story, this and that, but it's like, they got just a little more money in the budget so they could, you know, kind of expand a little more, but like, um, and it became a huge franchise. Uh, and then it's like also a TV show came out a couple years ago. Um, Ash. Um, but yeah, I just, you can't stand up. I mean, it's just like, uh it's just a good movie. The 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 when they get cut off, uh it's I think they use I wanna say they use a bit of claymation or they use yes. like there's all these different effects these and different different uh, styles in it and uh it just it's just great. Like it's takes place in Michigan where he's from. He's a big Michiganer. Uh, Sam Raimi and Bruce Bruce Campbell Um, I I don't know. It's just great. I don't have any, I don't know what else to say. Just, it's just, you know, one of those movies and it's one of those horror movies though, too, that it's also regarded as a great, uh, it's, if you could study it for filmmaking because they just, they do all the, they do so many classic things, you know, like of, of how they filmed it and you know, everything. So yeah, I just love it. Um, I, you know, as soon as I can, uh, it's one of my, it's one of, I want to get the cover, you know, tattooed on my arm, the skull with the eyes in it, because it just, it's just, I, I, oh, it's funny as hell too, like, I, I was like watching it, I was like, I was like, holy shit, this is wild, but then I laughed at it too, because it's like, the demons, and like, his facial expression, how they filmed it, Bruce Campbell's got like a great, like, his expressions, uh, how, you know, his acting is like, it's, it's great character acting, but it's also really funny. Like, it's just, it's just, it's unintentionally just very funny. Like, it's just, it's it's wild. It's just a different movie. It's like, it's a, it's a horror slash comedy, cause, and it's way ahead of its time of, you know, how they did it. And, like, I don't know, it's just great. I love it.
0: I dig it as well. Um, yeah, Evil Dead 2, big time. Um, so that's number 7. Um, my number seven is I believe you have this one already, uh, Creep Show, the original Creep Show. Um it's George A. Romero, one of the greatest horror directors. Love the comic book style direction. Right. Uh each each segment, each vignette sort of is like you're turning the page of a comic book. Uh love the beginning where uh this oh, I forget the name of the actor. Um, I should be able to find this pretty quickly, but in the beginning, the family basically is a, a drunk dad. But what do you read this crap for? Um, he's drunk. He smacks him. Uh, that's Stephen King's son, actually. Whoa. who is the kid that gets smacked in the beginning? Wow! Such cheesy, great special effects. This little skeleton ghost comes to his window and goes, <laughs> yeah, and he looks at him and he smiles, and it's just it's basically this like science from, if you're like, sophomore year science from Skeleton. Um, totally funny, um, but some really, totally cool um, stories. And the first one, of course, uh, it's my birthday, the birthday cake one with the old guy. Um, love that one. A young Ed Harris uh, plays the boyfriend of the daughter of the uh, the mother who's basically the inheritor of the fortune of the family fortune uh ed harris is fantastic there's a great scene of him going out to smoke uh somebody's grave grave sites uh there's some tremendous actors in this movie uh the second one of course is the something about the uh, this green virus that spreads from the meteor meteor shit that's uh stephen king stars in the second one very very funny uh stephen king obviously doesn't think much about uh, kind of redneck America, I'll say, uh White Trash America. Love right. the way he portrays them. Um the third one is great. It's called Something to Tide You Over. It's got Ted Danson right before he joined uh Cheers. He's in it. Leslie Nielsen before he did uh, the airplane movies wow. is fantastic. He's not playing a comedy role either. He's playing he's great too. Uh, in that short story, something to tide you over. Some a fantastic scene of Ted dancing underwater, uh, where the the water is he's buried in the sand and the water is is all the way over his head, and he's blah, blah. I mean, it's a great scene, um, very scary. The number four is my absolute favorite. It's called The Crate. and it is one of the most classic short stories. I think I've never heard, and you know, it's about uh, this, the science department of uh, university gets in this old relic of a creep that ends up to be a monster. And in this one, Hal Holbrook, who was mentioned earlier, is married to uh, Adrian Bardot, who plays this great, loud, drunk wife, who embarrasses oh. him in front of all of his friends, and... Um, and basically uh he uses the crate to solve a problem, let's say a marital problem that he has. Uh, very the fourth one, very gory, very scary, very awesome, completely love it. The fifth one I didn't really like as much. I think that was uh something about cockroaches, some guy who's got a uh oh,
2: um,
0: yeah. uh a fear of uh germs something like that. Um, but anyway, animation was really great. Um, loved, we mentioned part two, which is one thing I learned about part two. I loved the scenes in between the short stories with a little Billy character, the Creeper, who was played by Tom Savini. Um, great special effects. This is, it was, it was a huge hit. It was basically marketed as the best time you'll ever have being scared and it is, really is like that it's one of those horror movies with great stories great acting, great directing but it's not super gory, it's not something that like you leave, it's not like the Chainsaw Massacre where it's jarring and you leave it and you're like it, you almost kind of change for a couple of minutes, it really is fun anyway, no, we mentioned that before Creep Show, that is my uh, number 7 favorite horror movie in the 1980s let's move on to number 6, DM uh, the floor is yours
1: I have to say, Aliens. Um, I thought it was. I wasn't sure if I could put it because I, I, I consider it more of a sci-fi film, but it's pretty. It's got some serious horror. Uh, I like the story. Um, I saw it. My friend's mom took uh, my friend and I, and uh, when I saw it, and it, it was a. I didn't. I didn't see Aliens, the first one. Uh, but this this was my first, uh, introduction into the franchise and it was pretty good. I, I thought it was fascinating, uh, the way it looked and, um, the, you know, I, the whole thing with the, the xenomorphs and like the, the acid blood and, uh, the, the tiny mouth shit. And, uh, I loved how, uh. Uh, Sigourney Weaver was a badass in it. She didn't like scream and yell. She was like, "Fuck this! So I'm gonna fucking take care of this." And then, like, right. I believe, isn't it, where she goes on a ship and it's a it's a it's a vessel that holds prisoners, right?
0: Uh, no. No, 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 no.
1: Sorry. Uh, this one is great. It's one of my favorite. It's the first time I'd ever seen. Uh, uh, well, great cast. Look uh, at liked... the third
2: one where there's prisoners.
1: Okay, yeah, yeah, sorry. Uh, the first, the second one's great. Love it because uh, just I love the Marines because it was, like, the first time I'd seen, like, uh, uh, a, a futuristic film, and it's still, like, it's still, like, it is now. Like, it seems pretty, like, m- Okay, it's got it's got technology. It's in the future and all this shit, um, and learning about like sleep chambers and all that shit. But the other part of it was uh, uh, it introduces uh, corporations to me and being high, you know, being behind like uh, the government and including in the military. Uh, and uh, it was funny, like it was actually uh, pretty ahead of its time. Uh, you know, had a diverse the Marines were all diverse like it was uh there was like uh, men women it was racially diverse it was all this like experience you know new experience to me uh you know dominant female characters uh one of the female characters could have been she could have been gay, so you know it was like it was like really cool experience for me as a as a kid and a viewer to it was a broadened horizon view of it. Uh, but what did they bill um, Paxton?
0: He is awesome in that movie.
1: That's uh, the first time I saw him, and the second time was in uh, was in Weird Science. But he is fu- like he's fucking amazing in it because he's just so over the top, and he's like, dude, it's fucking. He's so he's so like gung ho and douchey, and he ends up you know. But it's like it's great, like the. the the tech in it, I was fascinated like about the guns because it was so ahead of its time. Like, like you see in different movies after that sci-fi movies, like that's how they would take that design for guns. Uh, they, you know, like the the planets when they go to the other planet, it's un, you know, it's uninhabitable, and it's like realistic where it's like you don't know, you can't just go to any planet. It's not, not all planets are gonna have oxygen, so they add a little bit of a. Like a little bit of a science truth to it. Um, what else? Um, I I just love it. I thought it was just ahead of its time, and I I like Sigourney Weaver, and and uh, I I just thought it was it was great, and I don't know. I just yeah, it's great. Like it's a great great movie.
0: Totally classic. Uh, that's your number six selection, Aliens. Uh, for me, uh, my number six selection is not on anybody's list anywhere. So this to me, I consider the most underrated horror film of all time, Um, What a tremendous undertaking to actually try to do a sequel to probably the most beloved horror movie of all time. Uh, It is directed by Richard Franklin. Uh, The cast is fantastic. It is made in 1983, Psycho 2. Um, again, a movie that I don't hear anybody mention this movie ever, and it is so severely underrated. Starts out, of course, with the end of, of the original Psycho, goes into um, the beginning of Psycho 2. It, it basically stars Meg Tilly, who's great. She's a sister of Jennifer Tilly. Yeah. Um, Another actress. Uh, Anthony Perkins is basically comes number one. Well, number one, um, when you talk about the character, yeah, he goes back to... uh, goes back to the house after being in a mental facility, but when you talk about Norman Bates, what an incredible, classic horror movie character, and I can't think of a better performance of a classic horror film character than Anthony Perkins. Um, He should have been a much, much bigger star than he was. He actually for a while was a big budget star, but actually constantly went back to Broadway. Um, oh, okay. He was, Yeah, he was all gay. I think that that's, he wrestled with that, and I know that he had a bit of, uh, which made him so great for his character, but his sort of a femininity and is his really stopped him from being the leading man in a lot of movies, even though he was uh, a great actor. And that's why he constantly went back to Broadway, because there was a little bit more acceptance of that. Although I, I'm pretty sure he was in the closet, but uh, who knows? Maybe for those around him, maybe one could kind of tell. But right. um, either way, he was so fantastic. Ultimate, ultimate plot twist in this movie. Fantastic plot twist. One of the best plot twists of any horror movies I've ever seen. Huh. So many great, interesting uh, scenes of the basically someone is coming back as his mother. The big thing is is who is his mother? Is it him dressing up again? Is it his real mother? Is it somebody else? So through the whole course of the movie, you're wondering who it is, and it leaves you in suspense for the whole thing. Um, the again the the scenes around the house, fantastic setting for a horror movie. Uh, takes place more in the house as opposed to down in the in the motel, Bates Motel. By the way, the big difference between a hotel and a motel. Motel opens up to the outside world. A, a hotel opens up to a lobby and a desk. Right. And usually somebody monitoring the room, and there might be a pool and all that kind of stuff, vending machine. Hotel, completely different. Um, by the way, one of the best performances I've ever seen in a horror movie besides Anthony Perkins, the Dennis bronze uh, if you remember him from n y p d blue he uh, me and my wife watched this and to all the way to to the end basically we would I would do an impersonation of his character in this movie, and she would just completely crack up nice. um he's taunting. Anthony Perkins throughout the film. Hey, psycho! Hey, why don't you come over yeah. and kill me, psycho? Hey, I'm here, I'm drunk, I'm, I'm coming back to myself. Hey, you right. freak, hey, freak show! I'm yeah, try was- something, you freak show! It's like, you know the guy's gonna, gonna the, spoiler, you know he's gonna die. <laughs> but Love he you. is uh, so good in that friggin' movie and um, I guess that's about all I can say. There's a couple of, of original cast members from the original movie that uh, come back for this movie um, but again it is I'm not going to give away too much more of the plot you got to watch it you have to watch this movie Psycho 2 1983 of course an unbelievable score musical score can't huh. say enough about it one of the best horror movies ever made period The
2: wow.
0: TM what is your number 5 we're into excuse me, we are into the top five, Right. guys. You made it this long, you've got to hear our top five selections: best horror movies of the 1980s. DM, oh. Rocket Ship Universe, The Horror Kingdom, Heaven. Let's go. What is number five?
1: Uh, Halloween two.
0: Oh, interesting. Okay.
1: Uh, just it's just like a continuation. Uh, Michael Myers. You know, it scared me. Um, uh, just great, great movie. Uh, classic John Carpenter again. Um, fuck, I just, I don't know what to say. I mean, it was like, it was like in this period, you know, when I started watching these, you know, horror movies, was like him and Jason, and, the, and I was just fascinated how these fucking guys, like, it's not established that they're not supernatural beings. They're just fucking like, there's just the premise, of like, dude, they just can't be stopped, and they're fucking huge, uh, you know, I compare them because it's like they both have like mass. uh they both wear like full body suits um they both like you know Michael Myers uses a a, a culinary knife like you know huge knife Jason uses a uh primarily a machete um but they're both like s- just these giants And it's just unstoppable. But, yeah, Michael Myers is fucking scary. It's just a continuation. You get more background, a little more background. Uh, The town is like, you know, he terrorizes the town. Um, It's just a continuation from the first one, and it's just uh, classic.
0: Yeah, I got to tell you, I I didn't have this one on my list, but I probably should have. When I was a kid, I, I do have to go back and see this movie again. When I was a kid... I loved it, actually, to be honest with you, almost as much as the first one. Um, very scary. Uh, he goes through. I remember when he goes through the hospital to go after Jamie Lee Curtis. Uh, some very scary scenes. Um, it was meant to be, of course, the very last Halloween movie. If you see the end, you know why. Uh, so, I, like, again, spoiler, 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 whatever. But um, I, I looked at the Halloween franchise. I looked at the... Yeah. Uh, Friday the 13th franchise. Now, to be honest with you, I think Friday the 13th has many other good movies besides the first one. Right. Halloween, to me, is kind of slim pickings um, after the first one. The second one is very good. Um, I actually liked the third one. They Originally, when they were doing ho- uh, Halloween, much like Friday the 13th, they meant for the first one to be the only movie, and what they wanted to do is have, especially for Halloween and Friday the 13th, on both of those dates they wanted to release a new movie maybe every year at least every other year with a different plot
2: right different
0: characters only because friday the 13th was so popular with jason that they said we got to bring him back right. um and again with halloween they with halloween 3 they tried this halloween set up with masks that control kids and, right. and it's I thought it was pretty good. Uh, actually, technically, it was directed by the guy who plays Michael Myers in the first movie. Oh. He ends up being a filmmaker who makes Star... Star, Not Star, man. He does The Last Starship Fighter.
2: Oh, wow. Uh, I think the Last Starfighter?
0: Yeah, The Last Starfighter. Nick Castle, I believe, is the guy's name. Um, he did all, plenty of other movies besides horror movies, too. But he is a, he is a talent. Um, and, of course, you yeah, have part four. They just decided to bring... Jason back. And I think those are okay. They're just yeah. they're not on my list. But yeah. Uh, so yeah, I agree with you. I I do think that uh, I'm gonna go back and watch Halloween two again because I I do think it is a very good um suspenseful horror movie and Michael Myers classic amazing character. Yep.
2: Um,
0: okay, so we got number five for me, we're getting in the top five. I'm surprised that this movie was, was lower on your list because um my top five is almost kind of interchangeable. I almost think this could have been not one. My number one is a clear cut. Nobody's even close. But number two, this could have been number two, just as well as number five on my list. Without a doubt, no other movie on our list even comes close to the beautiful cinematography, the the high-up uh, airplane or helicopter shot scenes over the landscape of beautiful Colorado we're talking about Stanley Kubrick's The Shining in 1980 yeah. um, I think this was an amazing horror movie I think it was actually probably I think it's considered to be underrated believe it or not oh,
2: wow. these days it's
0: on everyone's list as like the top five for his back in the day and people kind of went back and forth even Stephen King which I don't agree with he didn't like it as much but I thought it was amazing uh, not only for the cast Jack Nicholson Shelly Duvall, we know the ending scenes um, and him chasing them around in the snow. The amazing last scene of Jack Nicholson. Um, uh, and we, again, we were talking about a horror movie character and, and the acting job behind it. He is way, way up there. Scatman Crothers, I love that guy. I thought he was amazing in it. Yeah. Um, also, the uh, I want to mention some specific scenes, but the bartender, the guy who he talks to, uh, he plays a drunk And he goes and gets served by the bartender.
2: Right. And
0: that guy is fantastic. They're talking about a great British actor. Just tremendous. You're talking about great scenes. Number one, of course, one of the scariest scenes I think I've ever seen is when as a kid, and I had a big wheel, and I used to go, when we went to hotels, when I was a kid, I used to bring my big wheel and go up and down the different floors with the the big wheel. And when he turns around the corner and sees the two little girls, that is... uh, Red Without a doubt, one of the scariest scenes I've ever seen when I was a kid.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, the little kid who played uh, whatever his name was, was tremendous. Uh, the scenes, of course, of the blood coming down from the elevator, the scene in the in 213 uh, or whatever room that was, the old woman he thinks he's making out with a beauty queen ends up to be an old, old woman uh, who's murdered in that room that haunts that room. Um, and the one difference with the book you mentioned, if what was different, uh, I remember the book some more specific scenes of, of, I think the wife going up the, the hedge maze, uh, which they would talk to her. I think there was like different animals and they, their shapes, the hedge was, the hedges were different shapes of animals and there are things that would talk to her, um, and some very scary scenes there, um, let me see what else there is. Uh, of course, the uh, the kid writes red rum, and then the in the reflection on the mirror, spoiler alert, see that it spells murder backwards. That's absolutely brilliant. Um, the fact that the kid, and by the way, one of the greatest. I love The Simpsons Treehouse of Horror. Absolutely love it. One of the greatest parodies they've ever done was. Uh, as Bart Simpson said, oh, you mean The Shining? And then so Willie, Willie plays Scatman Crothers in the, in the Simpsons episode. He goes, boy, oh, you've got the shinnin And he says, oh, you mean The Shining? And he goes, shh, you going to get sued? And it was uh, a nice. great remake of that. Homer goes nuts. I'll play and no beer makes Homer a uh, crazy guy or something like yeah. that. Um, anyway, from beginning to end, Unbelievable movie. Um, breathtaking uh, cinematography and, and different shots of this amazing uh, old uh, hotel. Love it, love it, love it. Uh, sh- I've seen a DVD copy I would uh, severely suggest that you watch behind the scenes as DM mentioned earlier. It's it's a constant back and forth between Shelley Duvall and Stanley Kubrick and he's like, just do this, do that. She goes, no, I'm not doing it then. um She she actually got, maybe it was unfair, she got a reputation of being a diva. Uh, They would constantly show scenes of of Jack Nicholson, he's like rolling his eyebrows, kind of like waiting for her to like get it right. So it was easy for him to get into character, and according to the director, it was very hard for Shelley Duvall to get into character and she was not playing the terrified wife to his liking. She's scared. um,
1: I guess, uh, from what I heard is, and this is why you should watch TikTok, uh, this one person was talking about how he had to, like, seriously, like, he would literally, Kubrick would, like, literally, like, like, frighten the shit out of her physically to put her in character, to scare her. Like, that's why she looks right. like, you know, in the bathroom. off. So, I don't know. And he's notorious for also being, like, one of those kind of directors. Um, well,
0: that's, that was actually very common back in the day. But they would, um, that's why method, it's a method directing method. Well, the method is called method directing. Same way, like in our, one of our favorite movies, Midnight Run, how Charles Grodin had plastic handcuffs on, and Robert De Niro, when he went to arrest him, is like, what are you doing with those? He's like, oh, what do you mean? He goes, these aren't real handcuffs. And he says, yeah, I know, the real ones would hurt, they're metal. There's going to be, we're going to be filming this for hours. And he looks at Charles Grodin with a very serious face and he goes, Put the real handcuffs on. Oh, wow. And Charles Groden's like, No, I'm not going to do it. And then basically he looks at him and goes, Put the handcuffs on. And Groden was like, I couldn't say no. He goes, I thought he might kick me off the set.
2: He goes, He knew he was a
0: lot more important, so I put the real handcuffs on. And it's the, you know, method actors do that where they forget, you know, to get in that scene where you're going to be that scared. You know, um Alfred Hitchcock used to do that famously, which he got accused of abuse for it.
2: Yeah.
0: But his different he was I think way on a way different um He's mindset crazy. than yeah, as far as what he did to his actresses was probably semi criminal. Uh but anyway. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was uh it looked like it would have been a very hard movie to shoot um from many different perspectives. So yeah. all right, so uh DM, what do you got for your number
1: four Horror movie of all time. We got four. It's a combination. I'm just gonna. I just saved it. Um, so my favorite horror movie franchise period is probably the Thirteenth. Uh, I I don't like the first one as much. It's okay. The mother, you know, Jason's mother's great. You know, and all that, but it didn't really hit me. Uh, I I I have to say. Uh, Friday the Thirteenth Part Five, Friday the Thirteenth Part Four, Friday the Thirteenth Part Three, and par- Friday the Thirteenth Part Two, uh, just continuous. Just like it, just I love how they did it. I love how they filmed it, uh, the, the scenarios, the the casting, on like all of them, like it it, it, it like they they not only put work into like how they murdered everybody, the scenes, but then it was also like the characters were great. Uh, they all were great and entertaining. It wasn't just one character. It was like, all the victims were interesting. Um, uh, I, so the first time I saw it, Friday the 13th, uh, it was part five. And literally like, it was the first time I'd seen the, the first time I'd seen a Friday the 13th movie, uh, cause I was old enough to go and, uh, my friend and I went. We're riding our bikes to go to the movie theater, uh, and this there was a car accident. And this old man, I don't know, he was he he was uh, he he spoke a different language, uh, and I know it's because he was talking. But he fucking like, you know, I learned how he had hit his gla- his head uh, on the windshield of a car, and the windshield had a perfect round imprint of his head. And he was on the ground, and he was just talking like nonstop, and it was like he wasn't speaking English. But we're like at the cross, you know, at the cross, uh, the the light, and all I can remember is like we're about to go see a horror movie, and then we see a real serious accident, and so I'll never forget that. Wow. But, but yeah, like um, uh I I loved it. Like I, you know, um, I just it was weird. Like I just was like. I just literally it was like the first time I'd seen this um, and it just i I saw Halloween and I thought Halloween was good but I was blown away by the by these these four movies uh, because it was just like the the timing the music was classic You know, I love the theme song um, just the way they did it and I, I didn't I liked how it was like continuous For two to five, it was just like this continuous thing.
2: Yes. It was
1: ongoing. Where I lived, and I found this out, there's all throughout the country, there's crystal lakes uh, everywhere. Um, Where I lived in California, you would drive up, and I believe it's Azusa Canyon in that area where I lived in in L.A. County. um, Or no, we lived in San Gabriel Valley anyway we used to go to crystal lake my mom would take us and my friend you know my friends and we'd go up and go fishing and shit so after i saw that i thought it was funny and we'd make jokes that oh jason's gonna get you and it would be like you know we're higher elevation so it'd be a little foggy or you know there'd be like mist and all this shit and i was like oh this is perfect like we went you know we like said we went fishing there's a small little like the lake was like just like in the movie and there was a little like, there's a couple shops up there. Um, this is before I understand understood that like, you know, there were like rural areas within where I lived. I didn't, you know, they didn't know that. But it was just, it was great. Like just, I love it. I like that's another tattoo I plan on getting is of Jason's mask because it just, just classic. Like, uh,
2: absolutely, I can't, absolutely, it
1: just. So many different ways they kill you, and it's it's like sick, but it's almost humorous how they do it. Like you have the one guy, uh, there was a black guy, and they use a reference of that scene where like they you know, kill black guys, they kill the black characters first. But literally, he's taking a shit, and Jason shoves a fucking uh, a big post sharp uh, post up his ass comes up part five, yeah. Is that part five? And then uh, you know, and then that other what did you mention? Was it was it part four or whatever, like the remake with the special needs guy and the redneck mama? Um
2: Oh that's a part five still yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh
1: I mean there's this, you know, Corey Feldman's great in it. You say Corey Hain too, right? No, just Corey Feldman. Just Corey he's great in it. Uh, with the rain, and his, the, it's coming off his glasses and shit, and he's, like, freaked out. He's such a good actor in it. Uh, I mean, there's so many, like... Uh, Kevin Bacon's in it, right? He's
0: in the original.
1: Oh, okay. Never mind. But, like, they cast... It's like, they, they actually took time and
2: <laughs> <right>. <laughs> Like, the
1: casting is amazing. Like, they just got, like, really great actors. It was like, they just... It wasn't like... Some horror movies it seems like they just get anybody or they get any actor and they just throw them in there so they just have a cast. But like this, they took time. Like, I just found it interesting. I loved it. Classic. I, you know, I've loved it my entire life. i even, even at some point, and a lot of people hated it, but I like the remake. Uh, I like how they delved a little deeper into Jason and, you know, like how they broke down how he could get to places so fast. Um, But I like, but the originals, I like the how mysterious he is and how quick he is. And like, he's got a tool shed full of like fucking weapons. Um, and just, I was just all of it, man. Like just, you know, he take, and he takes all the, it's not just a machete, man. He, he takes, he takes every gardening tool and like turns into a weapon, like literally clipper hedger, you know, hedge clippers, fucking, uh, uh, what you would call it? The blade, the long. What's that thing called? The engine with the long, pole? sickle or something. Right, he does that, like fucking everything, and it just you know, turns into a uh, turns into a situation. But yeah, I just, I loved it, and then you know they and then they start to turn him into you know it's, he's a demon, he's you he can't die. But like yeah, I loved I loved it all, man. I just. I fucking thought it was great. And some of it's funny. Like, some of the characters are funny. Some of the scripts, like, when they're writing, it was like, they put a little humor in it. I don't know, man. I just, he's my favorite. I, you know, and, you know, real quick, I noticed, I noticed that Nightmare on Elm Street is not on our list. It
2: isn't?
1: No, I, and I say... I, I liked the uh, J- I liked the Jason versus Freddy like movie because I was rooting for Jason because I thought I used to just get annoyed with with Nightmare on Elm Street great great story but I and you know but I just it would bug the fuck out of me because and I was I cuz I get annoyed with like kill this motherfucker like it just you know um I just it didn't scare me as much well. but Jason man like Friday the 13th classic I can't say enough man just I'm very pleased every time, you know. It scared me, but then it excited me, uh, and I, you know, I got, I got into the characters. I don't know, man. I just, I can't say enough of that shit. So,
0: I, I, I got to tell you, man, I'm with you as far as the best horror movie franchise. It, it definitely is Friday the Thirteenth. I like them so much, and guess what? They were on. Um, I only get one pay movie channel on my cable package, and they show. They showed Friday the 13th, all of them, all the way up until eight, Except wow. for the first one, I think. Um, intermittently, over the last six months, and I went back and watched them, fucking loved them. Right now, even after... Right. And the one thing I'll give the original, one thing I'll give the original is the ending scene is fantastic. Sure,
1: yeah. I mean, that's the about the only scene, part I like.
0: And guess what? That wasn't in the original script. Tom Savini, the makeup artist... Suggested that as the ending scene, and they went with it, and that ended up to be the reason why they made Friday the Thirteenth with Jason. He was supposed to be a, a, he was never supposed to even be seen. Right. He was supposed to be the reason why the mother did it. Right. Part two, I love the evolution of the character of Jason throughout the movies. Part two, the first one you saw him, he didn't have a hockey mask. He was more primitive, than the second one, right. he was more more like a man than anything else in part two. Yeah. Um, I thought that was very, very good. It was a very scary horror movie. A completely hot chick with a Mickey Mouse uh, t-shirt on. It was unbelievable in it. Uh, but uh, he did use a, a uh, an arrow gun That's in part cool. three, a cr- uh, crossbow. Yeah, it's, but it wasn't like, it. it was a different kind of one. It wasn't one that arched back, well, whatever. It was, it was a, it was a type of a crossbow. Um, but in the second one, he was kind of quicker and more manlike, more primitive. I, I love the scene where the sheriff basically goes there and calls everyone a liar. And he's leaving Crystal Lake. And then Jason runs across the screen, across the street. The sheriff stops and goes into his little, the only in the second one, he had this little hut, this little area that he lived Which was basically made up of old, uh, I don't know, parts of cars and parts of, like, you know, boats and whatever he can get his hands on. And Jason's, the mother's head was right in the middle. And the shark goes in there and he's like, holy shit. And then Jason gets him from behind. Um, Number three, of course, was a, I I don't remember, I didn't see it when it came out, but number three was a 3D movie. And I love the damn. That's one movie, I love the fucking, the intro has this groovy little cheesy disco-esque theme. It took the, uh, the bit, down, 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 down. It was so fucking cool. Um, And the three was not one of my favorite ones. The three had the gang, they ran into the gang in downtown at the march, went, followed them back to their, Place uh, I mentioned four and five. Five, I think, was the funniest one. I do actually like them all the way up until six. Um, I thought six was still a very good time. Um, it was kind of campy. It's where they people were playing. Um, what is that? Uh, the dark guns out in the woods. Paintball. Paintball in the woods, and then he kills three of them all at once. Like puts it, like puts the his hand. I think through three or whatever it was, but. Six was still pretty good. Seven, actually. how when you think about it, you're making this, you get to part seven. What the fuck are you going to do? They're still making movies. And guess what? Uh, they made an interesting, it wasn't as good of a movie, but it was still an interesting script. It was basically Carrie versus Jason. She had telekinetic powers. Um, oh, her character was kind of weak, I thought.
2: Yeah. But
0: part seven was, it was made to be a Carrie versus Jason. They had problems back in the day. You mentioned Freddy vs. Jason. That was supposed to happen many years before it did, but they had problems licensing the characters Cheerios. between the different studios that own the characters.
2: Studios are so, so fucking stupid, man.
0: So part part seven, I think, was, was... It wasn't as good as the rest, but it was decent. And I like the idea of a girl with telekinetic tele- tele- powers. Part eight, I got to say, I went to see part eight with my cousin. We were in Cape Cod, and he was like, let's go see this. And I was like, maybe 15... And we get out, we're like, boy, did that suck. I do have to say, going back and watching it, it's okay. I still kind of like it okay. Uh, Part nine is where it really starts to absolutely completely suck. Like, completely suck. Where Jason's like a spirit that gets into different people's bodies. Uh, Part ten is him in space. Right. Like, holy shit. <laughs> I know. Wait, what about the
1: one where, what, which one is where he goes to New York and he's like, he just, it's like, are you serious? That's,
0: eight. That's, hey, Jason Takes Manhattan. Right. Uh, like, basically a parody of The Muppets Take Manhattan.
1: Right. But it's like, he's walking around, he's murdering, and I know it's New York in the 80s and it was rough, but damn, it's like he sticks out. But I guess if you're going to do any city, which I don't even know how he gets there, but... It's like, if you're going to do it, I guess you can, you know, go to New York because nobody will, like, want to deal with you. Yeah.
0: Well, he actually, they wanted to make the whole movie about New York, and I guess they ran out of money because they were were limited with their budget back then. So only maybe not even half of it was shot in New York. Uh, It starts out with uh, some wacko way that he comes to life, lightning hits, like, a piece of metal that's attached to him and it revives him somehow. And then he actually, what happens is he gets onto a boat where they're having a a graduation party. Um, And he basically offs people on the boat and the boat was actually docking in New York. So uh, that's how he ended up in New York. Um, Anyway, I, I still thought it was entertaining. The end where, big spoiler here, where Jason actually dies is what they do to cleanse the, in New York, the sewer systems to get rid of all the rats. They oh. do an acid wash of the entire sewer system. And Jason happens to be down there and gets dissolved acid, basically. And I, and I guess, there's, I guess I'm done with that there's guess that's like done a So anyway, yeah, I do very much like. The, I do very much like the whole franchise. Um, all right, so that's the. You have.
1: Four booties left? No, man, I'm done. Like, there, I just named them. Like, it just,
0: gotcha. I just
1: threw them all together.
0: Let me do my four for one. while right. you doing that? Well, guess what? Um, you may have been done with yours, but I wasn't done with mine. No, no, yeah,
1: go ahead. So, 1984, uh,
0: West Craven and a Nightmare on Elm Street is my number four movie. Really? <laughs> fucking great. Um, he actually wrote the movie, it was based off of Pol and the Cambodian Survivors, wow. uh, in the 1970s, I believe, who went to America as refugees and had their, their life so horrific, they had heart attacks in their dreams. <laughs> and they, Let me for uh, the, I mean, call from Meow. Was the Freddy cougar. That it was such a scared, scary real life character who was killing Cambodian refugees after they left uh, the scenes of the killing field, basically, the scenes of the crime uh, when they went to America. What a brilliant uh, premise. Oh, sort
2: of that's script. amazing.
0: And besides, of course, the amazing soundtrack, that very creepy piano riff that is played is, is absolutely legendary. Uh I remember when that movie came out, when the first movie came out, of course that was Johnny Depp and it, uh oh, Heather
2: Lynch
0: yeah, uh yeah, Great Cat it, and the when that first movie came out, it really I think <coughs> set a new bar for set a new bar for horror movies. Uh when you talk about Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Halloween and Friday the thirteenth, when that came out, I swear to god, there's people that were like, That's the scariest one out of all of them. Huh. And some of the fantastic scene, of course, the the first girl that gets killed, who uh, was in Better Off Dead, one of my other favorite 1980s movies for John Cusack.
2: Yeah, that's going to be another list.
0: John other Cusack, yeah, which was on uh, his girlfriend at the beginning of the movie that he pines for through the rest of it. Uh, she played the first murder victim, and her going around school in a body bag uh, when Heather Camp was dozing off during class. Absolutely classic. Um, let me see what else about that movie. The beginning horrible. Yeah. I do very much like, uh, Frank Hoover's character. Um, again, though, as far as the horror movie franchise, they, they really got weak after uh, the second one had this great first scene. Um, after the first scene it, it's really for the rest of the movie. I almost put part three on the, hey man, what are you doing?
1: Oh uh, I'm in the store. Good, good.
0: Uh part three is Warriors. That's something that actually uh I thought was a very good uh movie. I almost put it on the list here. Uh but I did a great theme song of course by Doc and Dream Warriors. Uh I almost got it on the list but I did it. And then after that I'm, R4, 5, I thought it was
1: kinda I'm sure when you saw Doc and do that soundtrack, you were like, oh no, I, this is going to be good.
0: Yeah, it was cool. It was, but uh, the video, of course, was Dokken. It was pretty cool in the, in the video. Yeah. Um, all right, so anyway, that's Nightmare and Elm Street. I think we the first and in my list. Uh,
2: Let's
0: go on to number three, which was a movie that you had as well. I just had it much higher on my list. I think it's absolutely brilliant. One of the best movies of all time. talk about how hard it is to this make a sequel. The James Cameron written and directed. James Cameron, of course, is um, uh, the Terminator, of the, of Avatar. in made so many great films. Um, Alien, 1986. One of those badass characters that played by Scorch The cast is tremendous. You mentions about the girl that uh Was a Mexican, who was uh probably no, gay. Real life, actually, she was Jewish. Oh uh, yeah. She was, like, she was like, how did I, how did I get picked to play this, this character? I don't, I don't, know how. She, so she tried very hard. Oh often really? Play, <laughs> play the character because the name I believe was Gomez or, yeah, or, or yeah. something like that. So She's like, well, I have to play a little bit of character. Dolph is is beyond classic. We done this.
2: We're done, man. We're dead. We're done, dude. We're me on Ryan man. No mayo. No mayo.
0: No mayo. And, and actually one of the greatest parodies I've ever seen on Saturday Night Live. Back in the day, with my favorite cast, which is Dana Carvey, Dennis Miller, John Lovitz, Phil uh, Hartman, um, and uh, Victoria Jackson, and this other girl too, who has just passed away. I, I can't believe I can't remember her name, but she was tremendous. Played some of the sisters. They did this fantastic journey
2: where
1: Carvey played plays Bill Packs <laughs> Nice. Um, and it
2: was it was so great. Can you hear that? Yeah. Oh
1: sorry, I'm almost done. I'm almost done. Go ahead, go ahead. Keep talking. Sorry. Good, good, good.
0: Um, so uh um, yeah we got uh, and also too one of the characters from The Terminator was an alien uh, Michael, I forget his name, he's a great actor, uh, uh, Michael Dean, this is his
1: name, and... Oh, he's amazing, I like him.
0: Yeah, he's a great little blonde girl, is an alien. Yeah. Um, also, uh, one of the greatest lines, of course, is when he goes, uh, uh, they call some to the little blonde girl. Yeah. Okay.
1: Sorry, Anita's like, texting me like, I need stuff. Why are you coming home? So... Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I apologize, dude. I edit this shit out.
2: Well,
0: I guess I I'll just try to get a little girl here, but um, the blonde girl, the little girl, survivor, yeah. and right. it. So the classic line in that movie is when people act have having a little freak out scenes. Oh, we're done. How are we going to survive this? Um, and basically, 20 people look this the little girl has been here. <laughs> right. Surviving on her own. <laughs>
2: right.
1: He's like, no, well, let's put her charge then.
2: Fucking oh, classic. Man, so and like you said, the futuristic
0: cars, the futuristic weapons, uh, of the machine guns, the grenade launchers. Right. Um, it's unbelievable. Has it has one of the greatest lines in the history of war. Namely, in the area uh, of Bulgaria, the one that's, you uh, know, baby.
2: Right get away from her, you bitch unbelievable line. Just keeps going and going and going. Right. It is so good to the very end of it. Yep. Um, and I can't stand enough about that. Uh, he,
0: I mean, <laughs> oh, I, yeah. A guy.
1: He convinces her to go. Oh. Yeah, I remember that scene, but, um,
0: yeah, it was unbelievable. Um, they have of course, in the, in the box in Detroit.
1: Great. He's classic, too, man. I love that guy.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's alien. So, I just, um, I just kind of, my my see if I just think it's one, but so I kind of need not have sound on the other
1: side. I'm okay, okay. Okay, I'm back. Okay.
0: I, I I just saw it recently. That and the first one are so amazing. Uh, don't like the sequels quite as much. Uh, part three absolutely sucked. Absolutely is pathetic. I hate that movie. Uh, part four I liked okay, and I do like Alien versus Predator. I thought it was a fantastic. By the way, what I like about Alien versus Predator, I'm so tired of seeing movies where these big where it's an unfair fight. These super strong horrible creatures. Sure. Just kill the hell out of, like, weak, defenseless human beings. Yeah, I like to see monsters battle monsters. Uh, that's, that's some of my favorite stuff. Okay. My number two favorite horror movie, and I'm going to need about ten minutes here to finish this. Okay, time. okay. These two are my absolute favorite, and I'm going to say quite a few things about them. Uh, number two. You do have this in your list. It is one of my favorite movies of all time. You and I have referenced this many times. Um, Dead by Dawn is the slogan for it. Can't say enough about Evil Dead Part 2 when you talk about combining horror and comedy and just the macabre. The macabre, I think, is the best way to describe this. You have a max of like maybe five, six characters. The way that they made this so successful and so great with a max of so few characters is unbelievable. These uh, basically man-made special effects are out of this world. Uh, also known as practical special
2: effects, mm-hmm.
0: which does have some claymation with like skeletal bodies moving around and, and uh, the lapping of the moose head on the wall. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that just shouldn't crack me up, man. Oh, God, the lines of him saying groovy after he put the, the chainsaw hey. on.
1: Uh,
0: it was so fucking amazing. Bruce Campbell's performance was beyond awesome. Uh, him and Sam Raimi make an ultimate combination. Uh, the, the the Like you said, too, the scenes where the, the dead are approaching the living and it r- ramps up into the sort of intense uh, music where it's like, oh, 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 and it gets more intense uh, as they, a, a sort of like a crescendo yeah. type thing as love it's it. going after the humans. It's a very non-human sound. There's nothing more that angers mean more than some sort of beast with a human-like voice. <laughs> I hate that. So um, the other thing, too, is like you said, the claymation, it reminds me of the old Sinbad movies that I used to love. Where, like, I love Men's that life, Or saber-tooth Tiger would come to life. Or come to life. Clash uh, of the
1: Titans, uh, just, man. It's like, classic.
0: The love it, absolutely classic. Love that type of, I really super miss that type of special effects. Let me tell you something, I can't stand these days that I see lists of the greatest horror movies and they will have the first Evil Dead ahead of the second one, Ugh, which is yeah. completely twisted and opposite. Even Sam Raimi said, look, if I ran out of money, because if I had enough money, the second one, was the, was the Evil Dead movie he meant to make. He just had three times as much money budget to make yep. that movie. Uh, I remember seeing the theaters with my dad when I was a kid. He was like, wow, that was fucking cool. And he loved it. Um, one of the most intense scenes, um, which was duplicated in the second from the first movie, is when Ash, one of the greatest characters ever created, goes down in the basement and well, first of all, they talk about the Necronomicon. I love the recordings. I love listening to yep. the backstory of the guy that used to live there and how he got this book from out in the desert in the Middle East, brought it back, and he goes, and he said that he buried his wife in the basement. Now, if you remember, the witch that lives in the basement is the most grotesque, horrific-looking uh, witch that I think I've ever seen, played by Sam Raimi's brother. Nice. Um, He's playing as Henrietta, was was the name of the character. And it was one of the characters that stuck down there (laughs) with with, um, Henrietta. And I'm not going to tell you what happened. It is a magnificent scene. last thing I'll say about Evil Dead 2 is I fucking love the end, how it sets it up for Army of Darkness, another great movie, uh, afterwards, which is not as much of a horror movie. It's much more of a, I don't know, like uh, an old uh, Dungeons and Dragons type. It's just thing, fantasy. You we know, like, go
1: some horror to fantasy. Fantasy, totally. Yeah.
0: Total fantasy. Uh, but I loved it. And, I again, more of that claymation and, and Army of Darkness. Uh, I saw the remake that came out maybe like 10 years ago, I want to say, the original remake, uh, which fucking sucked. Uh, hated it. Huh. Uh, it, it didn't retain any, any of the good parts of, of these movies. Anyway, uh, um, Evil Dead Part 2 is my number two oh. movie.
1: Sorry, did you see the no new man. one that came out? Like, it's a newer no, one? No,
0: I, wa- I still have to watch that. I heard it's better than that remake from, like, ten years ago.
1: It's just, uh, it's getting a lot of, I was really surprised, it's getting a lot of positive reviews. And it's like, it's like he, it's like Sam, and I didn't mean to cut you off, but, um it's like Sam Raimi now that he's able to get a a big budget. He's like, I'm going to do this shit for real. And so this is kind of like the full on big, but you know, big budget Sam Raimi, evil dead. And, uh, it's still, it's still got that creepiness of the, the, of evil dead too. Um, and it, but it's, it's actually pretty scary. Like looking. So,
0: yeah, I definitely got to watch that. Um, I really wish that, Sam Raimi, I know he can't just keep doing the same thing over and over again. But uh, hey, by the way, too, if you're, you can always put your phone on mute if you're doing something. Well, we don't want the the. Oh. We don't want it to bleed into like if I can you I'm hear that? Something. Yeah, I heard little beeps and stuff.
1: Oh, So man, put your
0: shoot. phone on mute if if you're doing
1: something. Okay, I'm gonna do that right now. Um,
0: okay.
2: Yeah, I'm here.
0: Um, okay. Well, let me see. I, I don't know if there's anything else I can say about uh, The Thing. Uh, it was by far my number one uh, movie. And like I said, the, the, more, the more I go on it's, it's actually one of my top five movies of all time. I've got Jaws in there. I've got The Shawshank Redemption. My favorite is probably Goodfellas. Uh, the Thing, along with maybe... Uh, Night Shift,
2: 1982.
0: Henry hmm. Winkler and Michael Keaton, Shelley Long, and I, I do love Midnight Run as well. And
1: uh, that's I another that. one we need to do. We need to do our just. Uh, we can do both. Do separate episodes, um, but I think we should we should do our favorite movie list. Each person.
0: We could do that. Um... All right, well, I guess that's, let's see the, what do we have for a running time of this. Holy fucking shit. Yeah, dude. Three hours and 33 right. minutes. We knew this was going to be a long one. That's why I said, how many do you have? And you said 30 and I said 30. I said, look out. There's going to be a very long. I originally estimated two hours when we talked about 20 movies each. So, with 30 movies each? That makes <laughs> sense. Um, all right, so that's it for us. Wow. Uh, we are going to go do something. I'm going to get off the phone for a while. I'm sure you are, too. Yeah, man. man. On uh, behalf of Dirty Mouth Morgan, I am uh, Jesus. We are the Master Blaster Casters. Uh, bringing it to you. We will see you next time. Uh, take care. Bye bye.
2: All right. Thank you.